What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, as always, Jack Vita. As you can see, to those who are watching us live right now on Twitter um, and those who are listening in the podcast feed, I brought along a friend. His name is Jack Keenan. So this is actually the first time there have been two Jacks on the show at the same time, believe it or not. Um, and Jack is an anchor at Fort Wayne NBC News. I Hopefully I got that right. You got it. Nailed right. it. All right. So he's he knows the TV business. He knows how to do live television. And here we are live on Twitter. Welcome to the show, Jack. Great to have you here. Jack, what a joy to be on here. Thank you so much. I did not realize this is the first Jack and Jack show. So I was <laughs> hoping that would be the case. And it is. Uh, so excited. I love talking sports with you. You know, we just kind of met on the fly and just we were hitting it for hours and it flew by. So I'm so excited to be here. I hope that's yeah. through. <laughs> so I've told this story before on the show, um, but I want to hear it from your perspective. Okay. Can you please tell the story of how you and I met each other. Absolutely. So funny enough, I uh, went to my first Fort Wayne Tin Caps game, which is the uh, affiliate here in Fort Wayne of the Padres, and uh, went with a bunch of uh, work friends, you know, meteorologists and, and fellow news anchors and stuff like that, just to go out and have a good time. And uh, we're sitting down and Jack is, you know, sitting right near our row and by yourself. And it's just like, hey, how you guys doing? I mean, out of the blue. And I'm like, hey, how are you, man? Good, good. And it's like, you know, it's just that natural flow. And honestly, you sparked it, Jack. And uh, and we got going. And we were talking. I mean, you were doing the sports movie tournament at the time. Yeah. So I was picking your brain saying I had to go with the Sandlot, of course. And then we're talking your ballpark tour. And just <laughs> you were on your way to Cincinnati. And it was just it was kind of like a sports um, a gift, sports Christmas gift to talk with somebody who knows so much about sports and just to enjoy the game. It, it was really awesome. So it really came up so impromptu and uh, it's been awesome. I'm glad it's continuing. Yeah, absolutely. It was Christmas in July, so to say. Exactly. Gosh, that was July, wasn't it? Man, time's <laughs> flying this year. I know, I know. But yeah, so for those who don't know, so I went on a trip uh, to visit Evan Myers, who's been on this show several times. I was visiting him. He lives in Dublin, Ohio, right outside of Columbus. And the trip was, all right, so I'm going to go to Cincinnati. I'm going to go to Cleveland. We're going to go to a Reds game on Saturday and a uh, an Indians or Guardians now, you would say, on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And Evan, the problem was Evan couldn't house me on Friday night. So I needed to find a way to get from – I didn't want to drive all the way to uh, Dublin and then to Cincinnati Saturday morning. I didn't want to get up too early. And I was planning I'll do this whole weekend. So – my plan was I'm going to go to Indianapolis, spend a night with the Morandini brothers, who Jordan's been on this show several times as well. And then like the day before the but the day before, oh, I was also going to see Rachel Gerhardt too. And the day before um, I was doing my trip, both Rachel and the both Morandini brothers were like, yeah, you know what? I'm sorry. Like something just came up can't have you here right now. So uh, we'd love to see you on your way back from Ohio, which I was able to see the Morandinis, wasn't able to see Rachel. Um, still still sour about that, see <laughs> Rachel sometime. But um, anyway, I was just like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I, I, was, I had this plan the whole time. And I think this is one of the great things is, you know, I'm a Christian and I believe God has a plan and God is sovereign and God in this particular instance for a while, I was like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And then last second had to kind of adjust on the fly. And I'm like, you know what? 
this must not be God's plan for me to be in Indianapolis this one night. Mm. Maybe he's trying to keep me from something. Maybe there's a car accident. If I was going that way, he's protecting me. I'll never know. But then as I was like, all right, well, I got to do something. So what's something I could do along the way? So I was looking up minor league games and I know Dayton's got a team and uh, there are a couple other teams in that uh, Toledo mud hens is another one. And both those teams were on the road. And actually I think Dayton, one of those teams was actually playing in Fort Wayne and I'm like, Oh, this is perfect. I'll stop in Fort Wayne. Right. I'm away That's on right. my drive. I'm thinking like, you know what? Maybe God wants me to be there for some reason to meet somebody, meet some people. And naturally the <laughs> thought you have when you're like a single guy thinking like, Oh, maybe I'm going to meet my wife at this right, table. Right. That did not happen. But I made <laughs> friends with like 10, eight or 10 really, really cool people. Um, totally put God, totally put you guys in my path. It was so cool. And it goes both ways. You know that? I mean, I was going to the, the game, you know, expecting to meet some some people I already knew and enjoy something and do something I hadn't done before. And then, you know, lo and behold, Jack, man, just coming right into our path. And it was just, it was awesome. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing how that works. And and you made the perfect call to come to Fort Wayne, <laughs> experience Parkview Field. Love it here in the Summit City. And I hope you enjoyed your experience. Yeah, it was great. It was a really fun game. Uh, you guys were really cool. But initially... I sat there in the first inning. You guys came in like the bottom of the first. I right. That, yeah. You guys weren't there like right on time. So right. I the, the, the food line. Game. Yeah. Yeah. I was sitting there in the first, in the top of the first, just kind of twiddling my thumbs. There weren't any young people around. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be a long night unless someone like just shows up. And then here gotcha. comes this crew of people. They all look like they're about my age. And then I, I just struck up a conversation and the second I knew that this was going to go well was when uh, I think it was Ariel. She's like, yeah, um, we're all on TV. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, we're the local newscasters. I'm like, no way. I study journalism. I got my own show here. <laughs> like, this is perfect. It's right. I mean, what are the odds of that? You know, and just the caravan of, yeah, the crazy crew that we were covered in there. So <laughs> it, it is pretty amazing. As you said, I do believe, you know, God works in mysterious ways, certainly. Mm. So it's a yeah. blessing. It's a blessing for me. I know that much yeah, to have met you that day. Likewise. And the other thing I think that's great is, and we'll be getting into sports in a little bit, but I think the great thing is like social media. A lot of times we see the negative effects of social media. People mm -hmm. love to put out negativity. There are a lot of bad things about it, but there are so many good things about it too. And it can be used in good ways. And so for me now, like when I met you guys, I was like, all right, let's get connected on Twitter. Let's keep this connection going. And now that's a new thing that like, I was just in Arizona. I met some people I'm like, all right, Instagram's right now, Twitter right now. Like, cause you never know, like you can build these cool friendships. It doesn't have to just stop at like, Oh, I met this cool person at a baseball game. Now you can continue those bonds and build friendships over the years. See, I'm so thankful for that too, because Jack, as you know, I am uh, kind of the old school, a little bit in person and, and on TV here Social media still kicks my butt every day, and I'm very slow to adapting with the times. I'm seeing you with this awesome blueprint, mapping it out for me. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. I mean, you're doing all the heavy lifting. I, I just am so thankful to be on the show and, and uh, show you know being connected with you. So you're 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 so right. Absolutely. So Jack, um, before we dive into everything okay. today, I just yeah. want to say. Uh, if you guys missed our last few episodes, we've had some really great episodes over the last few weeks. Um, last week, we previewed the MLB playoffs. And actually, 
today is our first NFL slash college football show that we've done in a few weeks. I was uh, out of, you know, I was out in Arizona two weeks ago. Couldn't do a show then. Last week we had planned to do this, but Jack got called into live TV. Um, so we're doing it now. And then, uh, but we've had a lot of good content over the last few weeks and I will be going live or, you know, releasing another podcast later this week, uh, talking MLB playoffs for this week. Last week, previewed the MLB playoffs with Brian Cohen uh, from the Challenge R-Hat podcast. He's a big fan of uh, MTV's The Challenge. And then before that, had Mario Lanza, uh, the longtime Survivor blogger, SNL blogger. Um, we talked plenty of baseball for like two hours. That was a lot of fun, just wrapping up the regular season. And then uh, the week before that, we had uh, the Survivor legend herself, Stephanie LaGrosa, Kendrick, um, and was amazing talking with her. Did you get a chance to listen to any of that, Jack? I did get a snippet of it. I did not get the full thing, but I just had to hear it because it had been years since I had heard from Stephanie. But that was my first Survivor experience seeing uh, her and uh, – is it Bobby Joe? Yeah, it, Bobby John. Bobby Joe, Bobby John. That's right. Oh man, a legendary. So when I, yeah, I saw a little bit of that. It was a blast from the past, and uh, you know, I know there's. She was awesome to talk to, as you had said, Jack. So that was really cool. Yeah. So if you guys want to check any of that out, you can find it on my website, jackvita.com, or look up Jack Vita Show wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast. Hit subscribe so you don't miss out on the upcoming content. And I'm also going to be going live on Sunday with Garrett Powell uh, from The Bachelor Nation. He was on The Bachelorette. We'll be basically doing the same thing that Jack and I are doing today. We'll be recapping next week's football game. So go to jackvita.com, get on my email list, and subscribe to The Jack Vita Show, wherever it is that you get your podcast. You don't miss out on any of this great content. Follow along at Jack Vita Show on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and then tweet me your thoughts on this episode. Jack, let's talk some football. All righty. Love it. You are a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. Got it. Tennessee Vols. Those are yes. your teams, right? You got it. Absolutely. A little, a little good, a little bad right there. <laughs> um, so how'd you become a how'd you become a Bucks fan? Yeah, great question. So I just want to set the record straight first off. Die hard since I've been born, Tampa Bay Bucks fan. Not one of the Brady bandwagoners <laughs> right now where uh, life is good. There were a lot of rough years before then. My parents were born in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. So I was really just born into it, raised into it. I'm a military brat, so I've bounced everywhere. But the Bucks have always been. I mean, of power rankings of every team, you know, ever. It's Tampa Bay number one. So Mike Allstott, the days of uh, the A train running through, and Brad Johnson, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, that awesome O2 defense. That's that's uh, those are some of my favorite memories as a kid. And you know, again, a lot of pain going through, and then you know, here comes the goat saving the day last year, and uh, it, we're off to. It's a pretty exciting start this year still, but uh, not a perfect team, but. That's that's the gist of it of how I became a Bucks fan, Jack. Good stuff. I remember watching that Super Bowl team and just thinking like that defense was so great. Like it was right. Dexter Jackson who you was the it. Super Bowl MVP that year. That's one um, of those trivia questions, like who and you know because most people would think it's Lynch or, or Sap or something, and Derek nope. Brooks, you're right, or Rondé, Rondé, yeah, it's just it. or uh, Simeon Rice was another mm-hmm. one, like Booger that, McFarland back then, yeah, yeah. That defense was so dominant, and honestly, that's the thing I miss about the NFL right now is that. You can't, it seems like no longer you could win a Super Bowl with a dominant defense. They've changed the rules so much. 
Brad Johnson might not be winning you a Super Bowl <laughs> in the year 2021. It would be super tough, that's for sure. I mean, when you look at the Rams the past couple of years, and they can't do it with golf with how loaded that team has been, I think your point is very credible. It's, it's going to be tough this year. You're really going to have to have every piece covered. And the secondary is really just so important in today's game. Everything's got to be so quick and fast, so it's tough. So there was a recent interview with uh, Tony Dungy. He was talking with Jason Whitlock over on Jason Whitlock's show called Fearless. And it's a really good one if you like Tony Dungy. I'm Love a big him. fan of him. Yeah. Yep. And he said he was talking about being a Christian and how he coaches with different ethics than other coaches do. And one of the things was coaching Warren Sapp. Uh, Warren. <laughs> yeah. That's funny in itself right there. Yeah. I think you know where this is going. Uh-huh. And so Warren Sapp basically says to Tony Dungy, he's like, tell me where the line is that I cannot cross. <laughs> he's like, show me what I, he's like, I'm going to get as close to that line as I can uh-huh. without actually going over that line. Uh-huh. I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay on your side of the line, but I'm going to get as close as I can. <laughs> And there are great stories of just Dungy having to, you know, uh, implore Derek Brooks or, or someone just to please wrangle in sap for me, you know, please make sure he doesn't do this stuff. Um, but that's the amazing thing about Dungy and the respect that he he got from those guys, because talk about polar opposite personalities uh, and everything, sap and Dungy, but a lot of love there and respect. So that's great stuff, Jack. Yeah, it was great. All right, let's get to. So I'm going to run through the scores. Right Sounds here, good. And then we can talk about what we got. Some uh, crazy ones. From the world of the NFL. And then we'll do college football a little later. Okay. So, all right. Let's see. First off, our Thursday night game, Russell Wilson injured his middle finger. He's expected to miss somewhere between four to eight weeks. And in that game, of course, we saw Geno Smith lead the lead the Seahawks back, but the Rams take that game in Seattle, 26 17. Uh, if you were wanting to get up early and watch a, a really exciting game <laughs> in London that everyone's just clamoring to watch the Falcons and the Jets, uh, the Falcons take that game 27 20. And I'm being sarcastic. I had no interest in getting up early. The Kyle Pitts show. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Okay. Uh, the My Steelers uh, got back on track with a win against the Denver Broncos this past week. They're now 2 and 3. Um, Denver loses that game. It's it was 27-19. Juju Smith Schuster expected to miss the remainder of the season with a dislocated shoulder. He will have plenty of time to record TikToks at the very least. <laughs> uh, the Detroit Lions almost came back against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, that game, Vikings with another another close win. Their games are always close. They're now two and three. 1917 final score in Minnesota. Vikings get that one. Um, the Packers and the Bengals, Mason Crosby misses three field goals to potentially win the game. Finally hits the fourth one uh, in overtime, 25-22 over the Bengals. The uh, Jacks, Tampa Bay Bucks with a commanding victory, 45-17 in Miami over the Dolphins. Dolphins now one and four. Um, they were a team that I was expecting a little more from this year, but they lost to a um, tough spot for them. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones and the New England Patriots rallied. They were down uh, some like 18 points or 16 points, something like that, in Houston. They come back and win that game 25-22 over the Texans. 
New Orleans Saints with another win, uh, 33-22 over the Washington football team. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles had lost three straight, but they win in Carolina, 21-18. Tennessee uh, routed Jacksonville. Jacksonville, interesting situation with that mm. team right now. Right. Uh, 37-19, Jags fall to 0-5. The Chicago Bears now are 3-2, and and they win another game with Justin Fields as their start. Truthfully, Justin Fields didn't have to do a whole lot, but the Bears ran the ball down Oakland's throat. Oakland drops two in a row. Head coach John Gruden resigns after some private inappropriate emails that he had sent surfaced and were leaked uh, yesterday. So it remains unclear who the new Oakland head coach will be. Oh, my gosh. I just called him Oakland three times. <laughs> you know what? That sounded natural to me, honestly. I still do the charge. The, the San Diego and the Oakland thing still gets me <laughs> to this day. Oh, I miss the Oakland, man. Uh, Cleveland Browns fall. Um, this was another one. I feel like every single week there's some kind of a pass interference call mm. or some missed call, a no call, and it costs the team a game. I thought they got hosed and – that's saying something because I'm a Steelers fan. I don't typically advocate for the Cleveland Browns, um, but they lost a close one, 47-42. Over, they lost to the Chargers. Uh, Cowboys on top of the Giants, 44-20. Uh, big win. Dax boys keep rolling. Trey Lance sprained his left knee, and it remains unclear who could potentially be starting at quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, this week with both of their quarterbacks banged up. Uh, I believe it's Nate Sudfeld is on the practice squad. Um, 17-10 Arizona Cardinals roll. They're now 5-0. and uh, Kyler Murray having a really nice year mm-hmm. thus far. Um, final two games here. Buffalo with a win. Did, oh, my gosh. Did they win? Did I get this right? 38-20. You nailed it. Chiefs. Wow. Isn't that weird to see with the Chiefs? Yeah, I was uh, I was watching the baseball that night, so I didn't mm-hmm. see that game. Um, Buffalo now four and one. They've won four straight since their week one loss to the Steelers. And then last night, the Indianapolis Colts falling to one and four, losing to the Baltimore Ravens, 31-25. Jack Keenan, that is our football <laughs> news for the week. Wow. Yeah, so much there, Jack. Uh I'm getting excited just you running through it because I'm thinking about all the different storylines going my head, so many different angles. Um, but I think the two biggest ones, the one obvious one, which is Sunday night, which you just alluded to. I mean, the Chiefs, they came, they left out of that game a little banged up. Kelsey and Tyreek Hill getting hurt, being limited to 20 points. Buffalo is the top dog in the AFC right now. I think most people would agree, and that pretty much cemented it over KC. Not time to panic yet, I don't think, for KC. I think they'll get it going and stuff, but that was big for Buffalo. Yeah, this is Buffalo. It felt like they were due for this win. They've mm-hmm. lost their last two games against the Chiefs. Um, the The only week that they didn't look good was against the Steelers. Right. But since then, I mean, they, they just kind of looked rusty, like, I honestly, I'm not watching a whole lot of preseason. I don't, I'm not watching Bill's preseason games. Uh-huh. Maybe Josh Allen, I don't even know if he played in the preseason. So maybe it was a little bit of the rust there in week one. But since then, they've looked great. 
Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, NFL week one always comes around and the overreactions can happen. And yeah, I, I think week one was like Buffalo, what is this? You know, and the Steelers might be the best team and, you know, and stuff like that. And I think, and then, you know, last week it was like the Steelers are the worst team and Ben is done. And then they come out and surprise everyone and beat Denver. So the, the NFL always goes in that kind of circular motion. Um, but I don't think, I think the Steelers, your Steelers, I think that defense is still legit. Uh, Najee Harris is awesome. But but obviously the Ben deficiencies. Um, if I know I'm jumping all over the place here, I'm no, just so excited. Great. Yeah. But if we could just start with um, one of my other top storyline, I think that came out of this week that maybe not a lot of people are talking about. And I know Geno Smith came in and looked really good for the Seahawks when Russ went down. But I think we're going to see. I think personally, Russ was carrying that team and a lot of the deficiencies they have. Their O line has really not been good this year. Their defense has been massively struggling. They're not even running the ball well. And I think Russell, with his playmaking ability, his accuracy, his, his intelligence, was keeping Seattle afloat. I think now that he's gone uh, and that division so tough, I think you're really going to see them plummet. Uh, and, I mean, my hot take might be that Pete Carroll, by the end of the year, could be getting a little toasty on his seat because I really think – I really think Seattle is, is going to finish last in that division, if not maybe maybe third over over the Niners. But I uh, I think they're on they're on a downward tailspin now. I think Russ is the band aid. So uh, I'm someone that has been a little critical of Russell Wilson, but I think okay. to be fair, it's it's kind of like me counterbalancing. Like here's the thing. So uh, I think Russell Wilson when he's on his game is as good as anybody else in this league. He's on no the doubt. level of Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers. But we don't see the consistency from him week in and week out. So I think in terms of like quarterback, kind of where like a hierarchy of where I think these guys land, I think those three guys I just mentioned, league of their own, they're elite. And there's like another category of a couple guys like a Josh Allen or maybe even Matt Stafford who have a chance to kind of knock on the door and be in that category. And there's another group of like Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, really, really good. Ryan Tannehill, really, really good quarterbacks who are top 10 quarterbacks who you can win a Super Bowl with. Um, But I don't trust them quite as much to perform every single week. I think Russell lands in that category. Now, having said all of that, I think Russell Wilson is a a top 10, very, very good quarterback. And I want to make this clear. Anytime you lose a guy like Russell Wilson, that spells trouble. I know Geno looked good in that that, uh, one quarter. You're right. But there's a big drop-off from top 10 quarterback to backup. I think we're going to see, and this will kind of, I think we'll find out maybe who's more uh, possibly right about Russ with the next month or however long he's gone, could be maybe up to six weeks. If Seattle doesn't win another game, which I could actually kind of see happening, I think it's just going to show how bad that team is around him. I know it's weird saying that with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, two explosive weapons, but I don't know those 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 lines and and that defense. I mean, they way overpaid for Jamal Adams, I think. And uh, Russ has been clamoring for O line for a while. Chris Carson hasn't done anything on the ground. It seems. I think Carroll's done a kind of a poor job building around and wasting in a way Russ's prime years. So I think he's the one keeping it together. That being said, if Gino comes in and plays five hundred or better ball, 
then I'm going to have to, to take some medicine here and say, <laughs> you know what? You might be right. Maybe Russell is, uh, you know, he's not bad at all, but maybe a little, maybe I'm overrating him a little bit. So no, I'm not saying, I don't think you're overrating him. I just, my counterpoint to all that would be when you take at the time, the richest uh, contract in quarterback history, mm-hmm. um, I don't really know how you can complain about the pieces that you have unless you fair. want to give some of that money back. Like Tom Very Brady's fair. Money. Like Brady. Right. Very fair. You know, absolutely. And you have to think it's a team game at the end. Right. So yeah. what are you willing to sacrifice for the ring and how heavy yeah. do you want it? So I think that's, that's absolutely fair. I'm curious, Jack, who do you think uh, the best team in the NFC, AFC, anyone standing out to you? Are you going straight strictly by record? So uh, one last thing to kind of put a bow on the oh, yeah. conversation. The thing that I, I do think that they're done, or I shouldn't say they're done. I think they're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. And I do agree with you. I, I do think that they need Russell Wilson. Like I, I want to make that clear. Um, I think division. if you look at who they have up on the schedule, they play at Pittsburgh next week. They've got the Packers um, over the next few weeks. And they have another really tough game too. Um, I know I think they have one like maybe Jacksonville is an easy one and they do have a bye week. But I mean, next week at Pittsburgh, that's not an easy game against no. a really good defense. Yeah. And then I'm blanking on who the other team they have, but I think they're probably going to go one and three over their next four games, probably win that Jacksonville game. Um, and then you're looking at a team right now that's two and three. So now you're looking at a three and five team and potentially who knows how much longer you are without Russell Wilson in that division. It's going to be a steep climb from last place. Um, I don't think Pete Carroll's job is going to be in danger, but I do think that we saw a little bit of frustration with Russell last off season. Mm -hmm. Um, We saw that kind of simmering a little bit. and It'll be interesting to track how that continues because I don't think he was ever really wanting to get traded. I don't think he was ever going to get traded, but there was some level of frustration, something Mm -hmm. going on inside of there. And I think we're going to see if this thing continues, we may see more of that boil up to the top. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And I think that that kind of frustration from the offseason stuff might play a role in everything that I've been thinking. I just feel like there's a little bit of dysfunction there and, and, now taking uh, the big the big money piece out of the out of the equation, but we'll see how they respond. If, if yeah. Carol gets them with the grittiness, then uh, I will definitely walk these comments back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, your question: top team in the NFC. I would go right now if I was doing a power ranking uh-huh. thing. I would go Rams. Um, I'm with you, and then Bucks too. I think it's it's like you know I would say maybe one A and one B, but. The fact that the Rams won that game, exactly. early on, I think right now people are getting a chance to see how good Matthew Stafford is. He spent 12 years on perhaps the worst franchise in American sports. And now we're getting to see him kind of like, like in the other guys, I'm a peacock. You got to let me <laughs> Now we're unleashing him. Exactly. I'm <laughs> glad to hear you say that. Cause I was curious if you were just going to go, uh, you know, record-based, the only undefeated team, the Cardinals, which a lot of respect to them. And and they really played well, obviously, against the Rams. But they were a missed chip shot away from getting that first loss against the Vikings, don't forget. And uh, they're a good team, don't get me wrong. But I do think the Rams are still, especially if they play their best game, it's tough to beat. On both sides of the, of the, of the ball, they look really strong. 
but it'll be interesting because Stafford has not been to into many of those playoff situations, certainly, and even you know being competitive late in the season. So health with him and Cup is going to be so imperative. And then I think you know seeing how he performs into uh, December and then you know January if they make it that far, uh, that'll be very interesting and. and you know, a couple of roadblocks in the way before they can uh, start thinking Super Bowl, I think. Yeah. What else is on your mind from this week? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think game of the week had to be, right? That Chargers-Browns game. You talked about it that past. You know, I, I personally, I, I might say this every year, and it might just be the fan in me coming out, but it's been brutal, I feel like, the officiating in so yeah. many games. And every week, yeah. I think you said it, it's felt like, just a call has really swung a game and I hesitate calling it like that because, you know, if you're the Browns and you give up 49 points, it's tough to excuse that. But at the same time, I mean, two very talented, good teams, Browns, I think they're the first team ever in NFL history to go no turnovers and over 500 yards in a game and lose. So uh, they played, you know, offensively a great game. A lot of injuries on defense. Herbert is a star. I mean, he's fantastic with Eckler and and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. That offense is dynamite. Uh, so both those teams, I think, are really, really promising futures ahead. But especially the Chargers, even though that officiating call really swung things, uh, you still got to finish the game. You still got to, you know, take the breaks when they're giving it to you, they're giving to you. And the Chargers and the Bills are, or might be, you know, one two in the AFC to me right now. I mean, they they are both really exciting to watch. Yeah, I think you mentioned the Steelers earlier, and I think the tough thing for the Steelers is like, how do you get out of this AFC North? This AFC North is extremely tough. You got Baltimore is four and one, uh, Cleveland's three and two, but they very well could have been four and one. Uh, Cincinnati's three and two; they could have been four and one mm-hmm. after this week. Uh, that's a that's a very very tough division. Very. And you you bring up the officiating. It does feel like you know what's interesting is, and maybe it's just my ignorance. I feel like college football's gotten a, more criticism lately for officiating because people are upset with the targeting calls. And mm-hmm. you know I understand that, but I feel like a, if you take away the targeting, I actually think college football officiating's been really really good over the last few years especially this year with the nfl it feels like there's something every single week some kind of a pass interference call um or what have you last week the steelers blocked the field goal and they oh yeah offside every single week it's the same you know and i i really think that the nfl right now is focusing from the league office they're focusing on the wrong things like they're like oh we got it we got to get rid of this taunting because we can't have any hurt feelings. Like these guys need to be nice to each other. And it's like, (laughs) I don't want the refs to be focused on judgment calls of like, Oh, this guy, he said a bad thing. Like, look, I work at a Christian school. I know like you have to do that kind of job all the time of like, Oh, this kid said this thing that's mean to me. And it's just like, this is that stuff is a lot harder to police than actually paying attention to the rules in the game. And I think, Right now, there is like a little bit of a diversion. They're putting more and more in the hands of the refs. Right, they should be taking, they should be taking it out of the refs' hands. That should just be, especially the other thing is like in baseball right now, we're all about hey, let these guys have fun, throw your bat, do whatever you want. 
and the NFL were moving backwards in the opposite direction. I know, and it seemed that, you know, it was a year or two ago where they allowed the, the end zone celebrations to come back and stuff, so maybe it was trending in that direction, but you're exactly right. And I don't know what the trepidation is, but when you start, like, those kind of taunting calls, you have to be consistent and uniform across the league. And I, I just don't get it. it you know, you're going to be enforcing that, like you said, and still miss these huge, you know, swing calls that just – in a lot of cases, make or break a game. I mean, that momentum, when you're talking about that block field goal that was returned for a touchdown by the Steelers against the Packers, a huge moment. I mean, yeah. at least a 10-point swing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, pretty pretty crazy. I don't see it getting much better. I don't know if they're scared of slowing down the game, if that's what, like, but, but I mean, I feel like it is. I, I thought, you know, reviewing the pass interference as well. I mean, get it. I just that that pass interference call was pretty egregious, and as someone who was rooting for the Chargers in that game, actually, you just gotta like admit and be like, "Yeah, that was that was that was terrible." Uh, I think I'm starting to like. I, I know this is the wrong opinion to have. Probably, <laughs> it's a good way for me to preface what I say. Uh-huh. I'm like tired of pass interference as a penalty. Like, I would love to just loosen up on pass interference. Mm-hmm. I I think that quarterbacks have gotten so good at manipulating like I can throw this ball behind the guy and then he's got to come back to the ball and then the the corner is running to the speed ahead Mm -hmm. and now that's a pass interference like I would love to see some kind of a pass interference reform where we could go to like yeah well if you're taking the guy out and tackling him or just shoving him down like yeah throw the flag but if I think we're getting a little too uh ticky tacky and I'd like to see I, and obviously you want the game to be safe, but I'd like mm-hmm. to see some sort of reform with pass interference. I think most fans would agree with you on that. Again, just as what we've seen this year. Absolutely. Um, it's just, I mean, you're right. I think the quarterbacks are smart enough now to, I mean, finding the loophole when you can exploit yeah. it. Right. So yeah, it's uh, I, I don't know how you play defense nowadays. Honestly, it's really tough. I don't know if yeah. you saw a couple of weeks ago when Brady made those comments of just back in the day of, Ray Lewis and leading your receiver out yeah. the middle of the field, that was kind of a, a on the quarterback, the quarterback's mm-hmm. fault because you were leading him into that situation of getting blasted, you know, and, and that's that's what you should have accounted for on offense and what you need to protect your players around. And nowadays it's like, I mean, I don't know how you play defense. Even with the roughing the passers, some of them, I remember the week one call, I think they called uh, the Packers on a roughing the passer against the Saints, and I just – I mean, there's there's been a lot of those. It's just the roughing the passer as well. I, I'm all for safety, and I understand in certain cases, but other times it's just like I don't I don't know how you play defense. <laughs> right, and that's what I miss about the old NFL. Like mm-hmm. you don't see. I really think a big turning point was after the Broncos won the 2015 to 16 Super Bowl that year. Since then, no one's won with like a dominant defense because that year Peyton was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Oh yes, they carried he was him. Not the same guy. No, and they had a dominant defense, and they won with that. And before that, there was a Legion of Boom, and there were some other great defenses. But I just don't like the thing I don't like about the NFL is the direction it's moving in. Is you're not really seeing that anymore. And back in the day, and they've changed the rules because they want. Not only just player safety, but they want more sc- scoring because they—that's you know the the casual fan wants their fantasy football team to put up a lot of points. <laughs> I'm not the casual fan. I don't play 
college or I only play college fantasy football mm-hmm. in our college fantasy. Like I'll play NFL fantasy. But you're winning it, by the way. Kicking some butt. But yeah. no, I think like that's the thing is like I grew up watching the Steelers and the Ravens just beat the heck out of each other. Yeah, like, you're blue blood. Still I love the day, man. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, my only counter to that would be, I know I think it was the early two thousands where everyone was saying the run game is, is dying. You know, the run game's dead. And I think we've seen a resurgence in running the ball again. Ooh. So I'm hoping either if it's a, a rule reform, like you're talking about, or, you know, sometimes the NFL just kind of comes in these, in these, uh, cyclical ways where it could come back to, I, I hold out hope that a dominating defense can still prevail. I mean, your Steelers last year, that defense carried them through the regular season and it just seemed like they ran out of steam at the end, but it wasn't like the offense was putting up 40 points every time. That was the defense that was winning games. So I hold out hope, but you're right. There's no Legion of boom. There's no dominating Broncos defense right now. Um, but you know, I, we could see, I still, I still hold fingers crossed that we could uh, in, in the coming years, it's just not going to be from, Tampa Bay, I can tell you that right now. We need a little, <laughs> we need a little help in the secondary. <laughs> well, and bring back, bring back guys like runners like Jerome Bettis, where it's oh, like, you know, right. the the big backs are going to bowl you over who aren't extremely fast. But now it feels like every running back's got to be able to catch the ball and run a four four forty. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because I was just talking with uh, someone the other day about in the linebackers. Your linebackers nowadays have to be so fast you have to be able to to cover in in the past you know isaiah simmons with the cardinals is kind of what i think about as the modern day and going forward ideal kind of linebacker look where you know the speed the ability to rush the edge but also to basically be a you know a safety at their corner you know to be able to cover in those zones you know your uh your ray lewis is of the past your terrell Suggs. you know your big i mean sucks to get on the edge but you're, you're just your your big hosses I think they're going to be a dying breed, unfortunately, in the linebackers, especially with the NFL condensing on the big hits, too. So, yeah, that, that's what I'll miss. All right. One more. Uh, my next thing I'll bring up. I will, yes. I will say one more because we Absolutely. might have more to bring up. But, okay. So, Chicago Bears, they lost two weeks ago. Justin Fields did not play well. And he mm-hmm. got sacked nine times. Mm-hmm. And what I think is interesting, after he didn't play well, You know, I'm very tapped into the Chicago sports opinions, the fans. There's a very loud voice through the start of the season was play Justin Fields from week one. Play him. Mm -hmm. Just do it. Just do it. And I didn't didn't agree with that. I thought Andy Dalton's a better option. I thought that Justin Fields, maybe he's not ready yet. I think he would benefit from sitting. Well, then he gets in there, doesn't play well, and everyone's like, Fire the coach. The coach is the problem. And I just want to point out, since then, the Bears have won their last two games. And look, I'm not no, I'm not a big Matt Nagy backer. I don't think he's like a great coach or anything like that. But they game planned really well last couple of weeks. They just ran the ball down their throats. Didn't make Justin Fields have to do much other than make a couple plays when they needed him to make plays. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just think it's really interesting because, you know. It, people really weren't wanting to give Justin Fields any criticism. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that you need to say, well, he's bad because he didn't play well this one week and that's, you know, whatever. But 
Uh, you know, Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears have now won their last couple games. Matt Nagy has actually had a winning record as the Bears head coach. And by, again, by the way, I don't think Matt Nagy's this uh, you know, <laughs> great coach or anything like right. that. But the problems, in my, and we'll see where, where this goes with the Bears, but right now they're three and two. Um, and I, I want to give a, I want to give props to where uh, I want to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, I think that's a refreshing take because nowadays it is, you know, every week it's give me the blood, you know, give me somebody to to sacrifice here for for the the issues. When we talked about at the start of this of um, a team, you know, being able to win with a Brad Johnson type quarterback with the Joe Flacco, when you're running through the games, I mean, Chicago has that defense has really brought it the last couple of weeks. I know yeah. Detroit was one of them, but the Raiders are one of the top offenses of the league thus far and really shut them down last week. That defense is definitely uh, what's carrying Chicago. So if it were to happen, I think it would have to be, it would be like a, a Chicago that would, that would be able to perform that. But to go to your point, um, and I've heard this brought up too, look at the other rookie quarterbacks across the league. Trevor Lawrence hasn't won a game. Zach Wilson has won, has thrown a lot of interceptions in, as well, as well as T-Law. Um, trying to think who the – obviously the, the poor Houston Trey kid. Trey hurt. Lance has – yeah, I mean, you know. Matt so Jones all, is the other one. Matt Jones has probably looked the best, certainly yeah, from I everyone. And, and he has arguably the greatest coach ever kind <laughs> of, you know, knowing what to expect as a rookie quarterback to come in. So – it's tough. It's tough to just get thrown right into the fire as a rookie. I give Andy Dalton a lot of credit in terms of handling all the criticism, handling all the noise. I mean, being booed in the preseason when just when he was coming out, I feel like he's been a really good teammate. It's not exciting. You know, I'm a football fan. I have a lot of bears friends. Nobody's excited about Andy Dalton and going the future with him, but I think it's just to map out the plan and, and rushing fields is certainly not the answer. But now I feel like, I mean, this this wafering back and forth, I feel like is the worst thing to do in terms of going back and forth. I know Nagy has uh, committed to Fields as the starter, which I think is the right move at this point because once you get that taste, uh, it's just like going back to Dalton is almost a death sentence for any time there's a slip-up. Any time there's not going to go right, you're just going to get a lot of uh, – uh, frustration from all sides i think so i think you have to double down now commit to fields protect them scheme as best as you can focus on your run game focus on that defense and uh, hope he grows through the season and maybe you know develop some x-factor traits where right now we think of of chicago as a poor passing offense as a one-dimensional offense but if you can get through the weeks and you can play 500 ball for the next six weeks uh, at the same time protecting and developing Justin Fields, then maybe late in the season and come playoff time, you can become a whole different team, one that's maybe been underestimated, and who knows from there. So uh, I, I feel bad for Chicago fans for the years past. I mean, I know <laughs> they're just clamoring for stability at quarterback, for uh, competence, and, and, you know, but um, – I'm excited for the kid fields. I think he has a shot to, to do something great, but that defense is still there and going to keep him in game. So all's not lost yet. Bears fans for sure. <laughs> I would feel worse for them if they weren't booing Andy Dalton. Like, yeah, who are yeah. the bears fans to say like, Oh, Andy Dalton isn't good for us. <laughs> CJ Rivas brought this up on our NFL preseason uh, preview. And he said, if Andy Dalton had spent 
all those years that he played with the Bengals, and he did it with the Bears, and he all the stats, he'd basically be the Bears' all-time leader in every major statistical wow. category except interceptions. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I don't think the Bears fans should be the ones that are booing Andy Dalton, who, you know, by the way, Andy Dalton, great guy, and TCU, go Frogs. Oh, that's right. That's There you go. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I just think, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're making – I want to give credit because I think the Bears are doing a lot better than I expected them to be. Me too. I mean, yeah. I thought they'd be one and four at this point, mm-hmm. and especially because, look, Fields is I, – I think Fields is limited at this point. I think he has a chance to be really good. Um, I don't think he's, he's – he's not at his peak quite yet. Um, and I'm watching this team, and I said on Saturday, I said to my – my whole family, they're all Bears fans, and I'm a Steelers fan. It's just funny how that works. But I said, I'm like, yeah, I think the I think the Raiders are going to stomp on the Bears tomorrow. I said mm. it. And then my, <laughs> my sister, it was her birthday on Sunday night, uh, so we went out to dinner, and she's like, yeah, remember when you said that you thought that the Bears were going to get stomped on by the Las Vegas Raiders? <laughs> I I do uh, picks every week, and uh, last week I missed two games, and that was one of them. I mean, I thought Vegas for sure was. I mean, and plus the Bears on the road, uh, you know, on the West Coast there or West Western Time Zone. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. So I, I exactly I give the Bears a lot of credit for. It's not pretty. It's not sexy football, but it's it's uh, it is football. It's it's some defense, and they're gonna have to outlast teams. They're gonna have to outsmart teams. Nagy, I don't think he – I think the frustration too is he was with the Chiefs and kind of branded as this offensive guru and creative guy. And I know there's been a lot of play calling swaps with who's doing it. And I just – I think the fan base is wanting to see a little bit of explosion, especially when you got talents like Allen Robinson, a young guy like Darnell Mooney who looks really promising. Uh, And it just really – haven't seen much of that. Cole Komet, who I I really like as a tight end, but just, you know – that's not coming together yet. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Still time. All right. Uh, anything else from the NFL from this past week? You want? Yeah, I know. I don't want to take all the time talking NFL. It's good. <laughs> uh, easily could. I think just uh, real quick to cap it off, I would say teams I just don't understand. Like I'm not sure what they are yet. Uh, would be two teams that played each other last week: the Saints and the the Skins. Mm. I'm repping or the Washington. I should say. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's, no, you're uh, good. You're watching good. the football team. Um, the, I'm repping my, my guy Heineke here, old dominion university. Oh. So really like him. I am really hoping, uh, he continues bringing this old so school. Why, kind of- why do you have an old dominion sweatshirt? What's the connection there? Uh, I went to ODU my freshman year actually. Mm. And my wife went there and graduated and I transferred to Tennessee after my first year. So I'm kind of repping this for her and for <laughs> Heineke and, and all the above. So it's kind of cool to see that. Uh, but just those are two teams that I, I don't really know what they are yet, what they're going to be. And lastly, I don't think the Lions are the worst team in the NFL. I think they're going to put it together. Uh, you know, there's a lot of promise there. I feel bad for them. I really so, do. Are the Jaguars the worst team? I think you have to go with the Jags right now and just the the craziness that's happening off, off the field. But I don't think they're the least talented team. I just think they are the – the worst team right now and i think the least talented team is easily houston so um but houston's you know they're, they're gutting it out i mean almost yeah, they're, the pass, so out of they're playing hard yeah yeah but uh the jags 
Trevor Lawrence, that'll be – I hope that comes together too. A lot of teams I just hope kind of come together, but we'll see. So if Urban Meyer can survive just this kind of last couple weeks and everything that's gone on to start the season, I, I do think – I have confidence in Urban Meyer as a coach. I think Really? I do, yeah. He's a he's, – he's yeah, excelled. No, nah, I, I don't think it's too hot. I mean, maybe I'm in the minority opinion, but – He's excelled everywhere he's coached. And look, I know some guys, they get to the pro level and they can't hack it. Nick Saban, he wanted to go back to college pretty quick. Um, I just want to see it play out a little longer. And this is a really bad start. And especially just the kind of like TMZ style sports news that came out last week. And, you know, that's another kind of gripe I have is like, here we do more just the sports itself. And I think it's like, I get annoyed when media companies are like, Ooh, look at this like juicy gossip off the field. And I I guess it's, it gets page clicks. You're going to do what you got to do. And you know what, what he did wasn't right. I'm not going to get into any of that. Right. I think if he can survive, they got to win a game here soon. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it can work out. And you got Trevor, so you have pieces. I think it can oh, yeah. work out. I just want to give it a little more time. I agree with you on giving it the time. I think the the thing that'll be, you know, you hear the reports. You don't know how much is accurate, but I've heard, you know, and once you start losing, it all gets louder and the speculation grows, right? But um, just the rumors of he, and you hear from NFL, uh, college coaches that come to the NFL, but maybe treating the NFL players like college coach, uh, college players, uh, which I think is kind of a, a death sentence for a college coach into the NFL. So I hope that's not totally the case because if you're doing that coupled with skipping the team flight and doing you know, with what happened right. in Ohio, it's just yep. not a great look. And I don't think you're going to get the respect of your team. Um, that being said, before that happened, you know, they still hadn't come together, but I agree. I think I want to give it some more time. The talent is there. James Robinson, Trevor Lawrence, especially on offense, Trevor yeah. Lawrence, uh, James Robinson, uh, and then those receivers, Chanel and uh, Marvin Jones. It's a shame about DJ Shark. Really inches away from beating the Bengals. So, you well, know. I, this uh, this next game could yeah. be just what the doctor ordered because they play Miami okay. in, in London. So maybe you go over the pond fresh start get a bye week after that um so i I mean this this next game could be huge for them just absolutely they're not that's the other thing i have with this jack is the fact that they had the number one pick last year for a reason so like urban the expectation for urban meyer to just walk in and turn them into what ohio state and florida and utah all these places need coaches just overnight it's not gonna happen you gotta give it a little more time yeah, um, if they twenty straight game, losses, so yeah, he came into that like you said, it's it's brutal out there for the Jags. But that's that right that Miami game that that is so winnable, especially yeah. with no no uh, Tua. So yeah, that that thanks for telling me about that. I'll be kind of <laughs> rooting for him because I want to see it. I want to see it come together. All right, good stuff. Uh, you got what like forty minutes for college football here? I got as long as you want, my man. Okay. I'm having a blast. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, anything else NFL related? Well, um, no, I think we touched on you know a lot of the big stuff. Just uh, it's early in the season still. You know, anything can happen, and uh, and the NFL, you never know. You never know. That is the truth. All right, 
let me run through our college football score. So here are all your games uh, that were from ranked opponents, and I threw a couple extras in there as okay. well. Uh, we start with the Alabama Crimson Tide <laughs> losing at uh, College Station, right? That's where – is it College it Station? It was, yeah. Yep. Okay. You got I it. mix up College Station and what's Tech's town that they're in? Oh, yeah. Uh yeah, I I can't remember text name, yeah, but College I, Station, and then there's A and F for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. You got to lose <laughs> at College Station. Thriller of a game. A and M kicks a game-winning field goal. They win that game, 41-38. Georgia continues to roll. They're now the number one team in the country following Bama's loss. They were number two last week. They beat Auburn, number eighteen. Auburn, thirty-four to ten. They win that game at Auburn. Uh, Penn State looked very good before Sean Clifford exited the game with an injury. Iowa came back as the number three Hawkeyes defeated the number four Nittany Lions. Number five, Cincinnati uh, with a big win, 52-3 to over Temple. Former school of uh, Stephanie LaGrosa Kendrick, by the way. Oh, I didn't know the Temple. Before she, she transferred to Monmouth. She was she played Temple for a year for a lacrosse. Temple. Some of the toughest players come from Temple, man. So that makes sense that she come from there. She's tough. Yeah, yeah. Ohio State looks like they're back on track as they roll Maryland sixty six seventeen. Michigan with a close one, mm. close win over Nebraska thirty two twenty nine at Nebraska. Um, BYU lost its first game, number 10 BYU, uh, and they definitely dropped in the polls as a result. They lost to Boise State. That's a tough game, 26-17. Michigan State, 31-13 over Rutgers. A thriller of a game between Ole Miss and Arkansas. Number 17 Ole Miss wins that game, 52-51. Arkansas goes for two, doesn't get it, and uh, they – right? Isn't that what happened? I think so. I yeah, didn't actually okay. watch that game. I saw okay. that I box scored that one. So no, yeah, I got it right. You were just <laughs> looking at me, and I thought you were like, oh, that's wrong. Oh, oh, yeah. 52-51, I know, is the finals. So you yeah, get no, all that. Yeah. Arkansas <laughs> went for two, didn't get it. Sounds right. Uh, they scored as time expired. They had a chance to tie it up, went for two, did not get it. 52-51, Ole Miss. Get your popcorn popped for Lane Kiffin right there. Oh, <laughs> oh Lane. Uh, Notre Dame. Close victory over Virginia Tech, 32-29. Coastal, Carolina, 52-20. Really nowhere for Coastal to go because they're not getting to right. play anyone. That's It's a tough situation for them. Right. Uh, Kentucky, 6-0. Kentucky Wildcats, 42-21. LSU drops to 3-3. Three and three. Not the same Bayou Bengals that we saw two years ago. Wake Forest remains undefeated uh, with a victory 40 to 37 at Syracuse. University of Florida on top of Vanderbilt. What else is new? 42 <laughs> nothing. Vandy uh, still stinks. Shocker. Arizona State uh, with a, another win at home. I think that Arizona State team is actually very, very good. Uh, a lot of people don't get to watch them because the games are on late. Uh, they won that game on Friday night 28 10 over Stanford. SMU remains undefeated as uh, their quarterback, Mordecai, actually, I don't know if he's still leading the nation in touchdowns and passing yards, but he's been exceptional. The Oklahoma transfer steps in at SMU, and has they win that game 31-24 over Navy. And then uh, last couple games here, unranked teams, 
USC, they they drop another one. They lost mm. to Utah, 42-26. They lose that game at home. And Jax, Tennessee, volunteer. There it is. Four and two uh, <laughs> with a commanding victory over South Carolina, 45-20. And those are your college football scores for the week. Jack, you come prepared, man. I was going to come out and be like, well, what about Tennessee? And then and there it is right at the end. So well done there. Yeah, that was that was fun. Number one team, I believe, in the nation in first quarter scoring right now, the ball. So really? I got to hang your head on something. Wow. I think I, I, I could be embellishing that, but I, I thought I saw that. <laughs> That's about all I got to hang on my, head, my uh, hat on right now. <laughs> to Tennessee. But, hey, I'll take it. All right, Jack, where do we begin oh, with the right. college football? Well, Jack, you tell me because oh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I skipped one actually. This a is big a big one, right? One. Yeah, yeah, big one. Yeah, Oklahoma yeah. was down eighteen at the hat. They were down twenty-one at one point, and this is really I, this is the biggest story I think from the week. Other than uh, well, yeah, this one in Bama losing, but Spencer He's- Rattler, the consensus number one overall pick, the Heisman favorite entering the year. Everyone loves Spencer Rattler, <laughs> mm-hmm. including myself. Benched at the half, freshman Caleb Williams steps in, 300 yards passing, three touchdowns, leads them back 55-48 at the Texas Longhorns in the Red River Showdown. Spencer Rattler went from consensus number one overall pick a couple weeks ago to now, will he even play again this season? He may have to enter the transfer portal. I think that's likely, Jack. I mean, that that game, first off, hands down, game of the year so far. And it's going to be tough to top the rest of the year. What a joy just as a college football fan to watch that. It means more between those two teams when they face each other because, obviously, it's one of the premier matchups of the year every year. So, what I mean, I can't say enough about Caleb Williams coming in in that situation. And and you're right. It's going to be tough on Rattler. I think he's really going to have to show. We'll learn a lot about him as as a person, as a teammate with how things go forward because I think it's kind of tough for OU to, to, I mean, bench the guy that just came in and, and sealed the deal for you as, as such a young talent. So, and then I think, yeah, Rattler's going to be entering the transfer portal understandably for sure, but it'll be very interesting how they finish off the rest of that year. So no doubt about it. Yeah. And there was a point in that game where Herb street and I think it was Chris Fowler was on the call for that game. And they showed Rattler where he looked he didn't look happy when Caleb right. Williams on one of those touchdowns that he, he threw. Right. Um, that was not – and the fact is, typically when that happens, it doesn't get pointed out, but it was so visible that Kirk Herbstreet, one of the nicest guys, mm-hmm. is going to point that out. I, You know, the Oklahoma fans, I know a few of them, they're not very happy with Spencer Rattler right now. And it was funny because I tossed it out on Twitter. I was watching him in the first half of that game, and I'm like, you know what, Spencer Rattler, maybe he should stay an extra year at Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> and then all the Oklahoma fans are like, well, he's not going to play. Caleb Williams <laughs> That's right. That was right. Before Caleb Williams came into the game. So, man. It's, I mean, and, you know, I feel bad for Rattler in the sense of the shoes that he's expected to fill with just the ridiculous run of quarterbacks OU has had in recent years. Uh, so obviously the bar set high, a lot of hype for him coming in. And I understand the, you know, you don't with those expectations and playing with one, one of the best teams in the country to get benched. It's tough, no doubt about it. But 
You know, I, I don't want to judge a book by its cover, but I don't think the optics were the best for Rattler. I think that's why it'll be interesting to see in the next couple of days, next couple of weeks, how he acts and conducts himself. Uh, because I think he got a roll of Caleb Williams. But again, if Caleb Williams starts struggling, I mean, he's a young kid too. Maybe they throw Rattler back in and we could be seeing a, you know, it could be going back and forth throughout the rest of the year. I don't think OU wants that certainly because then it's probably uh, a dicey rest of the way to a hopeful playoff berth. But, uh, you know, still, Caleb, uh, Caleb Williams is now the, the excitement in the future. I don't think you can turn, turn back from him now, certainly. <laughs> so we got a lot happening right now uh-huh. football because you know we didn't we weren't able to podcast the last two weeks and over the last couple of weeks we had Oregon lose right Clemson lost the second time right uh there was another team uh I'm blanking on but these big blue blood programs it's been this is what we love about college football this is the college football that I grew up watching and really enjoying over the last few years we've had these teams that have had a stranglehold on the top four yep. right now. And it's funny because last time we recorded this, we said it was three weeks ago. We said Bama and Georgia, they're in a league of their own. Uh, there's everybody else. Bama is a commoner at this point. They're uh, no longer an elitist. Uh, Shocking. <laughs> I am first off. What an honor to be doing this podcast with this video with you with Bama coming off a loss. That's shocking to me. But uh, yeah, you know how I think of it, Jack, is the NBA in the mid 2010s with Cleveland and LeBron and Golden State. And it was like three straight years and they're just dominating the league and everyone knew they were going to meet up in the finals. Kind of felt like Clemson, Alabama. And I think we're starting to see that page now turn. And certainly with Clemson and Trevor Lawrence being gone, you know, it's been very surprising to me those the two losses that they've suffered and now Alabama kind of leaving the door I mean that Georgia Alabama game is there going to be a bigger game the rest of the year if anticipation that's going to be huge so if Bama wins both teams are in if Georgia wins then there's probably I mean I guess we could see what happens with Kentucky or but there's probably only one SEC team in in that case. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. Exactly. Unless Florida gets on a run, and uh, does Florida have, Florida has two losses though? Do they? They've if, yeah, I think they do. Oh yeah, because they lost to Bama. Right, right. Yeah. Duh. yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe. I mean, who would have thought Kentucky? I guess yeah, that would be weird. One SEC team in the playoffs man. and i mean that's what we've had the last couple of years but it it really looked like these were the top I guess two so, teams. yeah i one sec team not being alabama i guess i should say it's <laughs> alabama not being in the playoffs would be so weird uh but uh it kind of refreshing too at the same time uh who you know i Iowa? I mean, so many storylines to go off here, Jack. I mean, yeah. uh, the well, Iowa. I'll run. say one thing on that yeah. AM game. AM, great game plan. They looked really good that game. Jimbo. It looked like the AM team we saw last year. And, you know, they were number six, number seven in the country in the preseason polls this year. Right. Um, and they fell off. They had a couple of bad losses. And they also almost got beat by Colorado. Like, this is. This is just showing how you, you see a team like Colorado almost beat AM. AM beats Bama. Like that gap between the teams at the top and everyone else is thinning, at least in this particular year. Um, and the thing with Bama that I want to say on that game is Bryce Young. I almost called him 
Bryce Love. I always want to call him Bryce Love. <laughs> oh, yeah, always... former running back, man. Yeah. <laughs> Stanford. Yeah, he was great. Um, that was the most rattled I had seen him play. That's, a, you know, it's a tough place to play at College mm-hmm. Station. The 12th man, they're rocking. Oh, crazy. And he was affected by that atmosphere. He was a little rattled. I Bama think so. Was 19 point favorites to win that game. I'm watching that. I just can't. I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting for them to flip that switch. And yeah, they looked a little better in the second half, but it never really came. And right. A&M won that game. All you know, all credit to them. Uh, but man, yeah, I think was, you know, yeah. it, there's no blueprint uh, set in stone of beating Nick Saban's coach team because it's so hard. But it just kind of all came together in A&M with, like you said, starting off fast. They had that kick return for a touchdown. Uh, which is huge, just special teams coming up huge, and obviously the game-winning kick. So special teams has to be on point and time of possession. And then, you know, you're right, the atmosphere getting to uh, uh, Bryce Young in that in that case. So I think it all came together. And coming off that loss against Mississippi State, you maybe you just you don't see A&M as a threat as maybe they can be, and obviously they showed that. If you can beat Alabama, you can beat anybody in the country. Yeah. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. So we were talking a little bit about kind of like where these teams stand. And I put out my rankings. It was the first time I'd actually done this. I I was like, and it's really funny. So I want to <laughs> rescind something in my rankings. Because I put out, this is what I did on um, on Saturday night. I was just assuming Bama was going to win. So I yeah. had Bama... <laughs> Like I put these out earlier in the day. Oh, I got you. Oh, so Bama (laughs) loses. I'm like, where do I drop them to? And I dropped them to four. I wouldn't do that now. I'd probably drop them to like six. I'd actually go. This is where I know a lot of people probably disagree. Georgia one, Mm -hmm. Iowa two, Cincinnati three, Oklahoma four. I think that's the that's pretty easy. I don't think too many people would have a huge problem with that. But then where I start to lose people. I actually have Michigan. I probably put Michigan. Oh, well, actually, I don't know. I don't know if I put Michigan five, but then you got some. I think there's that that four right now, and then after that, you have some kind of variation of Michigan, Alabama, Oregon, Penn State, Ohio State, rounding Man, out. Yeah, I wish Clifford didn't get hit. I mean, I know he wasn't having the best game for Penn State, but uh, you know, when when Keela or uh, Robertson and it, just that whole Penn State dynamic there, that was a great game against Iowa. I still yeah. believe in Penn State and Franklin. Uh, I do too. I I'm with you on the Michigan call, man. In terms of, I mean, maybe not top five, but gosh, it, that like could just six, be the maybe. Home. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Again, it's kind of like the bears in the sense of it's not always pretty. I know they just scrapped by Nebraska, but if they can just get believe into, they play great defense. They can run the ball. They can be in any game. If they play clean like that, uh, I, is it Michigan's time? Is it Harbaugh? Did he finally put the pieces together? Maybe they already have, you know, they're sick, the big signature win against uh, Penn state. Certainly. So I, uh, I definitely think they're they're in the running for a top five team. So yeah. I don't know if I, I I agree with the rankings they as they should be, but I'm not sure if I'm totally buying Cincinnati yet. Just after Ooh. I wasn't super impressed against Notre Dame, and uh, trying to think who I watched them play against earlier in the but year. Who would you? So who would you have above Cincinnati? Because you got a lot of one loss teams here. Right, right. And I, ranking wise, nobody at this point. But if I had to say like. 
rest of the Conference, year, how I think it's yeah. going to pan out. I think, you know, OU is a better team. I think Alabama is a better team right now. And, you know, I think Iowa is a better team. Uh, so, and I, that Ohio State Michigan game is going to be so good this year, too, if both teams stay on their trajectory. So, college football is great this year. I love this changing of the guard in a way of, of the door being open and, you know, Clemson not even. No, I like Clemson. No offense to them, but the just, you know, being out of contention really widens things up. So, yeah, that's exactly right. I think right now, like if I, I, I want to rank the teams as to where I think they stand right okay. now. So, okay, yeah. Okay, let's, let's say I'll put Michigan, I'll do Michigan five. Yeah, Michigan Bama, five. Bama six. Um, and just going off record. And then Oregon seven, Penn State eight, Ohio State nine. Um, and the reason why I have a Ohio State behind Penn State is I do, or sorry, Ohio State uh, uh, behind Oregon is I actually think, like, if you want to talk about a confidence team, I think mm-hmm. Ohio State's going to jump back up there um, on the trajectory that they're on. And now they're going to have some tough games. They're going to have mm-hmm. to win those tough games. They look a lot better um, over these last couple weeks than they did early in this season where they've just barely beat. Tulsa and they lost to Oregon, but I cannot like some people want to put Ohio state above Oregon. No, it's like, yeah, you could believe that Ohio state's better and that they're going to finish better than Oregon, but Oregon won that game. So if you're going off the record, they're both one loss teams and they're both like, you know, comparable type of schedules that they've played. Give me the team that won the head to head the game on the road by two scores. Absolutely agree. Absolutely, Dick. And then, you know, going forward, though, where – because I, I – in that top ten, correct me if I'm wrong, did you put Michigan State or Kentucky in the top ten? Because how about those two surprise teams? Are you a believer in them? I am – Michigan State and Kentucky were the ones that you said. I just sent you the tweet, by the way, to give you the rankings if you want to check that out. Oh, great. Okay, yeah. Well, um, I guess I had Kentucky – 12 but i i re if i'm redoing this i put kentucky 11 i put them above ole miss i have michigan state 10 um and then oklahoma state 13 coastal 14 Mm -hmm. byu 15 arizona state 16 and then arkansas 17 notre dame 18 florida 19 baylor 20 wake forest 21 a&m 22 smu 23 24 San Diego State, 25 give Texas after that quality loss. And uh, then the one team that I would have put in had because Arca, you know, I had this again, I was doing this early in the day. I wasn't expecting AM to win that game. <laughs> UT San Antonio, 6 0. That's a really good, uh, that's a really good power or group of five team, I believe. Utah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Good for them, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm looking at your rankings now. I, I mean, listen, I, you know more college football than I do, so I will <laughs> say that. And I definitely would put personally Oklahoma above Alabama in that top four because yeah, the Cowboys excitement, like you said. I would, uh, yeah, and by the way, that's what I, I would omit. I, I changed. Bama is now six. I would say. Gotcha. Drop them behind five and six right now. All right, I like it. Yeah, and Wake Forest will be interesting going forward. You know, I mean, I'm glad that they definitely deserve to be ranked. What a year they've had so far. Will they? It's just a lot of these. Will they keep it up, teams? Yeah, and, and I'm not ready to write them off after one loss, even. But I could see a couple of these teams imploding and just losing three or four games, and being you know they had a great 
first half of the season, but they can't keep it up. So I think that'll be something to keep an eye out for. Uh, I feel bad for Texas fans too. It, it just, you know, as a, I respect the other UT in terms of clamoring for, for having that team come together and so close. <laughs> so close. <laughs> and by the way, I could be, if I'm missing something, stop me. Okay. I believe Wake Forest is the only ACC team that I have in these rankings. Let me see here. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Because UNC the, has been such a disappointment this UNC, year to me. Clemson. Obviously Clemson. Miami. I think uh, yeah, Miami. Yeah. Is Derek King out for the year now too? Is I think going? he is. Yeah. 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 So, and I was buying in uh, Miami stock uh, ACC wise before him, but yeah. yeah, I like the, I mean, I'm with you on the rankings, Jack, and uh, I think it's going to be must watch coming down the stretch of this college football season. Cause I mean, it's kind of right now. Is it Georgia and everybody else in your mind or is it, is it really a free for all? I think it's, well, I'd say both. I'm going to give like a politician answer. <laughs> okay. Here, not I'll really like a yes or a no, but I, I would say yes and no, I guess is I think George is the clear favorite right now. Like they have to be, but is Georgia like, do they have immunity? Totally. We're using a survivor term. Are they immune to just lo- like, no, they're, they're going to, they're going to have some tough sec games. Mine side's always in play. Yeah, and who's – I mean, aren't they playing – are they the ones playing Kentucky this week? I yeah. was just looking at it. It's a, that's huge, yeah. Yeah, and Georgia's favored by 23.5 points. Look, I, I, I don't want to give any kind of tips here. I don't think anyone should gamble, like, because people can develop problems. But I think that game is going to be a little closer than 23.5 points. I think Kentucky's going to be – this is probably be the toughest test with all due respect to Clemson and the bright lights that they played against Clemson in the week one, this is going to be the toughest battle I think that they've had this year. And they're going to have some other tough games in the sec this year. I think they also have to play a and M too. Mm, yeah. And uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be really good. A&M I think now they're back in the rankings, right? It's yeah. They're 21 now. And 21 I now. 22. Okay. Um, so mine are too wildly different from where no, not at all. Um, I just want to kind of round out the SEC with next week. I mean, are you giving a uh, uh, – you know, again, it coming all around Mississippi State, a shot against Alabama. I think the line Ooh. is 17 points, which now I think that's a little – I think Alabama is just going to come out angry and, yeah. and, you know, whip them. But if if not, then it's going to be if – that, if that's a close game, then I think you're really kind of like, oh, <laughs> Alabama is, uh, is it might be vulnerable. Man, that is perfect timing because our next guest, Garrett Powell, he was on uh, Hannah Brown's season of The Bachelorette. He went to Mississippi State. Oh. A proud, uh, Bulldog fan, Hale State. Those are his guys. So it's the perfect time to have him on when his team plays Alabama. And could you imagine if if Mississippi State gives them a good game? We'll have a lot to talk about then. It's in the realm of possibility, and Mike Leach, you can't ever count him out, man. He's a wild card, so yeah, yeah. That That's going to be a must-watch one for me, just because I think the possibility is there that that game could, could get close. But we could also be at halftime, Alabama up 45 points, and just being like, yeah, why did we doubt Saban coming back and <laughs> you know, with a vengeance? So. so the game's another game I'm excited to yeah. watch this week. 
BYU at Baylor, and I think both these teams are underranked. I mean, Baylor isn't even ranked. I have them at like 20. Hmm. Um, I think that Baylor Bears team is really good. And then BYU, you know, if you're not, if you're an independent school and you're not Notre Dame, like they're not going to put you up very high in the polls, but right. they've had some quality wins this year. I mean, they went out to, I mean, they, it was a home game, but they beat Arizona State. Uh, they beat Utah. And the, that team, I think BYU is better than 19. I think I had them at 15. Um, I think that's going to be a really, really good game. Two really good schools. Yeah, I really like um, uh, Jaron Hall, the uh, BYU yeah. quarterback, because I just feel like he, in the game, his intelligence, in-game intelligence, I really feel like has elevated that team a lot of times. And I think you're right. I think that is a really good game. One last com- or two losses combined between the two. I agree that Baylor probably should be ranked. Uh, and who would have thought maybe at the start of the year, this would be one at week uh, <laughs> six, seven that we're kind of highlighting on our sheet here. But yeah, yeah, going forward, this this would be a big win for whoever comes out of it. What other games are you excited about next weekend for college football? Great question. Um, let me get my full yeah. schedule here. Yeah, go ahead, pull it up. Mind. We got just to I'll, see I'll, it all. Oklahoma State at Texas. Those are two ranked teams. There, uh, we've got uh, Florida is going to play LSU, and uh, that'll be okay. Yeah, LSU. <laughs> gosh, right. Auburn and Arkansas. That could be a solid one. I don't know if Auburn's that good. Um, Purdue and Iowa. Eh. Yeah. Uh, I kind of have, again, and I'm so sorry. I'm not trying. Like, I, I want to root for the team, but um, I just kind of have my eye on the Cincinnati-UCF game Ooh. just because, I, you know, I think it's like 20-21 points. For, I don't know. Cincinnati's kind of been winning ugly for me. I could see that one coming down as a possible uh, as a possible well, tight one. They just beat Stephanie's school by 50 points. That's so it. That right, right. You know, well, they're feeling good. <laughs> It easy, so yeah. Uh, I think listen, that could be my embarrassing take. That's probably the one I'm looking at. I mean, being in Indiana, it's been a bummer for for IU, but I could see there's a lot of talent there. I mean, just last year they were you know one of the best teams uh, in the big uh, Big Ten. So um, you know, Michigan State having their their great year so far, but maybe IU can play spoiler. I'll kind of be watching that one. and yeah, I mean Kentucky, Georgia, obviously will be. Yeah, that's the game. That's, that's the, the one. Game. That is the game. I'm excited that's for that. It'll yeah. be CBS and the SEC afternoon game. And I just think, in my opinion, whenever there's sports on CBS, it feels like it's a bigger event than any oh, other yeah. channel because they got the great music playing. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I just miss Vern Lundquist, man. That was my guy doing the college football uh, a couple of years ago. I loved him, but uh, you're right. There's something about three thirty CBS uh, crowd is, is wrong. Yeah. Then it's just, that's, that's college football to me and in my eyes and my experience. So yeah, it, I mean, it, There'll be some good games for sure, for sure. How about you know TCU, Oklahoma? I repping TCU there, uh, Jack. Any prayer? <laughs> <laughs> my sister, yeah, my sister just graduated from TCU. And by the way, before I mention that, awesome, I just did. By the way, the theme I was thinking of was the Sunday night baseball theme. I totally failed. That that's like the old baseball the night right. Sunday night baseball. <laughs> and the college football goes. Uh, 
it's kind of like the trumpets, right? The, yeah. I, yeah. I can't, I can't say. Yeah, I, can't I know. Say. Like, yeah. And I don't have the rights to play it here do, on the show. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, my sister, recent grad at TCU. That's disappointing, awesome. Disappointing year so far. Um, there were higher expectations, but I mean, anytime, if you can beat Oklahoma, I mean, that would be, that would be very special. Um, and I think, you know, I just, I mean, the, the line is kind of close. So it seems like a lot of the, the people in Vegas are, are putting in the realm of possibility. So, well, Oklahoma, if, if I were to guess, my guess would be if you're betting on Oklahoma mm-hmm. to cover, they've probably not covered as much as they, like, I would guess they've probably covered fewer times uh, than they have not. I, I don't know how I'm saying this. I think they're probably have a losing <laughs> record against the spread would be my guess this year. Cause they've got gotcha. a lot of games that are close. Yes. Than yeah. Supposed to be. So now the bookmakers are adjusting to that. You're only seeing 11 and a half thing is interesting is that is this going to be a new Oklahoma team with Caleb Williams is it going That's to be big, yeah is there a new energy there what kind of leadership are you getting from him and um, no matter how that game goes I think we can uh you know get a lot of information just based on that whether it's close whether it's a blowout and and again and even you know Rattler seeing how uh he is on the sidelines maybe he gets in the game again so yeah that'll be interesting my last i I just want to ask because i always have trouble especially when it comes to draft season for the nfl and um evaluating players from these these you know smaller schools or facing the competition they face coastal carolina i mean what do you think they are a top 15 in the team in the nation i mean they can't do anything about their schedule obviously they just keep winning it's props to them i just always have tough evaluating teams like that yeah so i have them at 14 and the polls have them at let's see where the polls have them oh let me pull that up real quick uh i think it's close to 14 if it's not 14 it's like 14 15 or something yeah they have them at 15 i think they are and it's really like it's unfortunate because I, I went to Valpo, so I know what it's like. Right. like. I have a little more sympathy for these schools like Cincinnati, where it's like we had this team when I was at Valpo, my junior and senior year. I was only there two years, and Valpo was getting votes weekly for top 25. They never got in the top 25, but they were a team that was a very, very, very good mid-major and if you are, well, granted, college basketball is a little different, but if you're a team that is like, you don't want to play Valpo because you don't gain anything from right. Them. It's all risk and, and the reward. Yeah, is not but they can great. realistically beat you. So Absolutely. Coastal, I get you. no one is going to book Coastal. Cincinnati has a little easier time because they play in the American. And the American mm-hmm. has a stronger prestige than the Sun Belt does. Um, so coastal, I, I think they're really, really good. We saw a little bit of it last year when they played BYU. Um, Liberty, that was a good game. Liberty had a really good team last year. R- Liberty's good this year too. They're another yeah. one that they're going to play. I think it's is it Ole Miss? I think they play Ole Miss later this year. Okay, and, yeah, that'll be get your popcorn ready, huh, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, do I have to take out the headphones and all that too? <laughs> oh, lame. 
No, I think I think okay. coastal is. It's just like you said. I like that though. answer. Yeah, there's no real way to tell. I would love, and especially that's the other thing is we have so many of these teams in the top ten that are losing. Um, so coastal doesn't really have much of a chance to move up. I would love, 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 love to see them get a chance to play in a New Year's Six Bowl this year. Put them up against. Let's see. Put them up against. I'm trying to think who me. All right, give me a team that's not going to make the playoffs. That's really good. Okay. Ohio State, Oregon, one of those teams. I would. Oregon, yeah, I could definitely see Oregon. Um, How about a Michigan State? Michigan State, possibly Oklahoma State, Kentucky. Kentucky yeah, versus yeah, Kentucky. That would be good. I feel like that Kentucky would work. Kentucky versus Coastal is uh-huh. a uh, Fiesta Bowl. That would love that. That'd be great. That would be really cool. That yeah. I hope they get their shot at it. If they yeah. I mean, you'd think if they clean up, keep winning. Obviously, like you said, there are going to be more top ten teams that lose. So all they can go is is up. Realistically, if they keep winning, so. Cincinnati should definitely if they go undefeated, they should get in. However. I think the problem for them is the fact, like you said, in terms of schedule, they went undefeated last year, no shot. But last mm-hmm. year, it's a little more crowded in terms of, and it was such a weird year with COVID. Yeah, I thought they should have gotten in last year. They did not. This year, though, the teams at the top are actually losing. Like you're going to, no matter what, you're going to have at least one, two, maybe even three one-loss teams in the college football playoff this year. If they go undefeated, they should be in. However, in terms of the thing that would be concerning for me, for them, is if Ohio State, if they go on a run and they don't lose another game this year, yeah. Ohio State's going to get in. If Alabama... Yeah, they beat Michigan and win their... Cha- yeah, right, right. Yeah. You're, you're, you can't keep Ohio State out in that yeah. case. So, like, these teams have lost, but they're losing early in the season. And, hey, maybe we're going to find out. I mean, we're almost halfway through this season, really. We're going to find out pretty soon. I guess we are halfway. Um, are these teams just getting these losses out of their system early in the season? Or are they going and then they're going to go on a run? Because if that happens, then Cincinnati's out. Because that's one of the fl- weird things about college football. It's not about if you lose. It's like when you lose. Yeah. If you lose late. The timing. Season, penalized. Yeah. So are these teams going to get it out of their system, go on a run, or is are they – just going to be teams that they lose a couple games this year. They're going to lose another one. We'll find out. We shall. Now, I know when you went through your rankings, and uh, I think you kind of highlighted them saying uh, a team you like, and I, it's a team I haven't watched a lot of for the reason you pointed out, but can you sell me a little bit on uh, ASU and Herm yeah. Edwards? Yes, I love Arizona State. I'm a big fan of their quarterback, Jaden Daniels. I went to an Arizona State game Oh, so you saw it with your eyes. Uh, yeah, two weeks ago, and they just blew out Colorado. Uh, let me pull up. I want to pull up their schedule real quick. I think that Arizona State team is really good. They're Right now, they lead the Pac-12 South. Uh, USC has lost a couple games. Okay, it's pulling this up. Okay, Arizona State. Arizona State. All right. They lost to BYU. I was about to say they're one lot right, right? Who we were talking about earlier. Yeah, so, okay. I think I think that's a quality loss. Right. Uh, beat Colorado, beat UNLV, beat Southern Utah, beat number twenty UCLA, B 
beat Stanford. Uh, good defense, pretty good offense, good quarterback. And I think Herm's doing a really good job. A lot of people kind of pointed their finger and laughed at him when he said, hey, I'm going to bring some of my NFL skills uh, to the college game. A lot of people said, well, he's been out of the game for a long time. He can't hack it. Herb's doing a really good job with this Arizona State team. And, you know, I think we saw a little bit of it a couple of years ago when they beat Oregon. And uh, now I think I, I let's so looking at their schedule. Yeah, they got Washington. They got Utah at Utah, Washington State, USC at Washington, at Oregon, and then at home against Arizona. All those games they, uh, they would be they'd be favored in. If they win all those games, then you get to the Pac-12 championship with Oregon. I mean, that would be a great situation where you could get a Pac-12 team back into the playoff if both those teams are only at one loss, winner of the Pac-12 goes to the uh goes to the playoff. I think that'd be pretty cool. I like that you just highlighted their route there, possibly. Yeah. And like you said, I think I think you're exactly right with that being a quality loss to BYU right now, which which is one of the teams that I think is really gritty. I don't want to keep harping on this and they're gonna hate me, but I just peeked at uh at Cincinnati's schedule. And <laughs> I just wanna say, I just wanna say, okay, you know, if they probably will not lose to UCF. Next week, and I probably there's I had another person against Cincinnati. Like, Are I don't you like a Savior I just, fan or something. No, right, right. You would think I've just not been impressed. I mean, they played the you know Notre Dame, who is also you know overrated at this point to me right now, yeah, and no, does yeah. not look good at all. So I had Notre Dame. Where did I put them? Eighteen. Like, yeah, where were you ranking, sir? Notre Dame. They're a yeah, top 18. twenty-five team for sure. They're not a top fifteen team. Don't give me that. Right. I totally agree with that. Uh, so if that's going to be their state mark win, they play SMU second to last game of the year. If Cincinnati wins that, then I will, you know, okay, all bets off. You get <laughs> I'm sorry, Cincinnati okay, fans. So like, will, you, will you eat cat food if that happens? Hey, I'll do that if Tennessee <laughs> wins uh, wins another SEC game, man. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I made the mistake of saying on a college basketball podcast uh, earlier this year, I said, if Oral Roberts beats Ohio State, I will eat cat food on this podcast. <laughs> so I did. Wow. How I had it? a spoonful of wet cat food and I almost spit it all up over my lap. And now you hate Oral Roberts, right? It actually made it, me respect it. them more. I hate Ohio State <laughs> for it. Ohio State basketball. Like, come on, guys. Let all of this uh, non-cat food eaters know how how did it taste jack was it was it secretly enjoyable <laughs> it tasted the way you expect it to taste gotcha it the way it smelled only like the flavor wasn't as strong it tasted more watery um okay so it kind of tasted like um the smell of cat food mixed <laughs> with water that's what it tasted like it was it was absolutely that disgusting sounds- Absolutely horrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a trooper for that one. I do have to go back and, uh, and preface something because I just got a text from, from someone saying yeah. who's listening, which is oh, great. Um, how about that? Yeah, Give yeah. They also out. called me it? out and saying how dumb I am. What's that? Give them a shout out. Who is it? Yeah, James. Shout out to you, man. Thanks for calling me out on uh, saying that uh, Michigan had beaten Penn State, which is an absolute lie earlier. I meant to say Washington, which isn't, you know, the sexiest of wins. But I said that, uh, I don't know, a, a minute ago, and, and he was razzing me for it. So, 
so I have to say, go back and say, no, absolutely. You know, that, that was a big L on my part, but I still kind of like, I like Michigan. I like the way they play their style. My rationale for Michigan, it, 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 you know, that's the thing with college football. I'm going on, on Cincinnati. Michigan hasn't really beaten anybody of substance too, but they will have that opportunity come Michigan state and, uh, and Ohio state, of course. So, is it their year? Maybe I kind of, I kind of would like to see it for Harbaugh. I still think he's a good coach. Oh, I think he's a great coach. I do too. I like I, that's the thing. I try to give a long leash to guys like Harbaugh. You're good about like that. Urban Meyer. Just give it some time. Let's not rush. Everyone's got to have a take. Everyone's got to like you know. It takes time. Uh, Michigan has a bye week this week. They play versus. My Northwestern Wildcats, who are That's right. horrible this year, they're so bad. They're oh my gosh, might be due for a spoiler, you know. You never know, maybe they've they won some ugly ones in the past at Michigan State. That's gonna be a great game. I love it. They're both undefeated, especially, and then at Penn State, and then versus Ohio State later in the season, um, and then potentially a Big Ten championship where you play Iowa. Um, will probably be the team yeah. I would I expect to come out of the other side of the Big Ten, but uh, Big Ten's so good, it's so good. So I think a one loss Big Ten team should get into the playoff. I agree. Um, I agree. I mean, maybe I, I guess I guess like if let's say if Iowa goes undefeated and loses the Big Ten championship, and then the team they lose to is a one loss team, then the the Big Ten take- champ should get in. I agree, um, but. Yeah, it's uh, I the thing that's good though is all these teams are flawed in some capacity though. They're like they're all beatable. They're all just right. really good. There's no one who's great. And I also think Michigan. I got a feeling that this is their year. I called it out three weeks ago. Yeah, I said. Oh, did you? Nice. I said three weeks ago. I'm like, this is the year. Michigan is going to beat Ohio State this year. It's going to happen in the Big House on November 27th. I'm surrounded by Ohio State fans in my family, so I just had a spite kind of root against them. I'm sorry, Ohio State fans listening. You know, you guys are awesome, obviously, but I, I, I especially with Brady now on my NFL team, I got to really kind of give Michigan a little love. So right. <laughs> if it's not this year, I don't know when. <laughs> but Ohio State, I mean, are they back now? I mean, it's been two weeks in a row, big wins. They I beat feel- Maryland and uh, and who's their previous win? Before uh, Rutgers, maybe. Rutgers. Was it Rutgers. Yeah, and that was kind of ugly, right? So or am I mis- let me remembering. Pull this up. I could be uh, missing. They beat Rutgers very handily, fifty-two uh, thirteen. Okay. Oh, I'm thinking um, of Michigan. So they- I think playing Rutgers. Okay. Yeah. So they had first three weeks trailed Minnesota at half, um, and then Minnesota's running right. got hurt. Um, Muhammad, he's or uh, Ibrahim, yeah. So he's done for the whole year. They came back, they win that game. They lose to Oregon. By the way, I accidentally said they lost by two scores versus Oregon. They lost by one score, um, and then they barely. So they won forty-one twenty against Tulsa. Tulsa was driving down the field with a chance to tie that game, um, but then there was like a pick six, and there, you know, it, it got the uh, the score wasn't a representation of how close that game was. Then they get back on track with a big win over Akron. They've beaten Rutgers. They've beaten Maryland. They hung 52 and 66 and 59 the last three weeks at Indiana this week. Or no, by week this week. Two weeks at Indiana. 
we'll get a good taste of how good Ohio State is yeah. there for real versus Penn State on the 30th of October. Yeah, that'll be really good. That'll be really good. And then, yeah, I mean, we'll – if Ohio State, they're going to have to go through the the, the Valley, the, you know, to go go through the, the gauntlet, really, to, to make it back to the playoffs. So there's not going to be, I don't think, any controversy – the controversy this year as to whether if they're in or not, uh, if they're going to be in, they're going to earn it based on, you know, that schedule you just listed and then winning, obviously uh, the uh, big 10 championship. Who else should we touch on that? We haven't touched on so far. Good question. Let's see here. Well, I, I am kind of curious. I mean, uh, and you know, Gear me somewhere else if uh, if it's too much SEC talk. But do you think uh, do you think Big Edo is he is he going to be done? Is this it, it's so crazy to think you know him and Burrow was just just yesterday and now <laughs> the seats are really heating up. I know you're of the longer leash campaign, but it really seems like uh, the the calls for change are growing louder every week. I think that, yeah, I think he'll be okay. I think he'll have more time. I mean, Les okay. Miles had to deal with a hot seat for a while, and he, he got longer than a lot of people thought he would. Um, and they just won a national championship a couple of years ago. They lost a lot from that team. They were kind of going up for a couple of years before that, and then mm-hmm. the last couple of years it's been it's been down. I think like, he's going to get he'll, – he'll be fine. He'll, he'll get another year, okay. maybe another two years. Um, but yeah, I mean, expectations are high in death Valley down there. And that's, uh, I mean, it is, it is somewhat surprising, but at the same time, like it felt like they had just such a perfect storm of a season that like everything kind of broke in their direction. They won every game. Um, it was a great team. It was like a historically great football team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I mean, I I still think Florida's good, but that Kentucky loss is very interesting to me. Uh, Arkansas, Ole Miss, just all these SEC SEC teams beating each other up. I never know what the Big Twelve. I mean, how many of these teams are are really good? Just because I don't know defense, I feel like it's hard to come <laughs> by the Big Twelve. Always, I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched any Oklahoma State yet. So, you know, I see that they're ranked twelfth. I mean, how have you been impressed by them? It's, so they it's had a. Team. They had a bye week this past week. Okay. They're undefeated. They mm-hmm. beat Baylor. That was their okay. like, kind of quality one. win. Yeah. Um, and I haven't watched a whole lot of them either. I've kind of been going off what I've read about them, Same. what I've heard about them. Um, and they have they have uh is it Texas they play this week? Like that'll be yes. a, that'll be a good test for them. I think yeah. it's, is that at Texas too? I think it is. Yeah. I think it is, yeah. In Austin. Yep. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be good. Who is there a team in your mind that uh, say you're, say you're one of the top four teams, what team would you not want to play? Like what's just a team with kind of like, that feels like a buzzsaw and can beat anybody right now uh, besides one of the, the top four. Okay. Well, Alabama's not a top four team. <laughs> and, and Alabama excluded too, right? Okay. Well, let's say let's say a non-top ten team. Okay. Would be a good like way that. to go with yeah. that. Not so then, I would say, well, Kentucky would be one. Uh, I wouldn't say Ole Miss because Ole Miss flopped against Bama. 
once again, get your popcorn. <laughs> I really bought into that too. I'm like, oh man, that was really good. It was such a great quote. I mean, like to his credit, confidence like, is everything. The thing is with that with that quote, like, what's he supposed to say? Like, is he supposed to say, "Oh yeah, we're gonna get steamrolled. See you later." Like, right, right. Just the the, the throwdown of the headset and the what? I don't know. <laughs> That lane energy, but I did see that he tweeted about it afterwards and kind of like apologized in a way, not knowing how it kind of came across. So. <laughs> I'm so glad that Lane Kiffin is coaching us an SEC football team again. I don't know what your feelings are towards him after he left Tennessee, but it's it, great. It's the most bizarre thing, Jack, because if you're on uh, on Rocky Top in Knoxville and you bring up Lane Kiffin, it's the weirdest kind of emotions where. <laughs> They, they still feel spurned by him and frustrated. And yet I know right now like uh, that they would take him back in a second. It's like that ex-girlfriend that you just can't say no to. I think they they really like the attitude of Lane Kiffin really perfectly fits Tennessee. So uh, and Josh Rubel's done an awesome job so far. So obviously, you know, I, I'm so happy with him because it was such a mess there. But Lane, it's such a weird thing with Lane Kiffin. He's like, oh, my gosh, I hate Lane Kiffin. He's the worst. And then, it, you know, when we had the coaching hiring, it was like, oh, Lane Kiffin, maybe, maybe we bring back Lane again, you know, and everyone gets excited. So he's, you know, it's in the past. I kind of reform. I'm glad he's coaching in the SEC. It just makes things fun. He's a character. Uh, but, uh, you know, Big Daddy Saban still has his number. <laughs> <laughs> so non-top 10 teams that I would really not want to play. Yeah. I'll give you it. Okay, Kentucky would be one. Uh-huh. Coastal would be another one. Doesn't okay. matter because you're not going to – no one's going to play right. them. Arizona State, BYU. Uh, and then I'd also – I'll toss Arkansas in there too because even okay. though Arkansas lost, I mean, they have been – They've been a good story this year. They've lost their last two games. I think if you're an SEC team and you got to play Arkansas, they're going to give you a tough game. And I mean, Ole Miss will too, for that matter. Um, so I think there are, there are several very strong teams kind of in this like 11 to 20 range in terms of teams. I think BYU, Arizona State, I think those are probably the two that are being overlooked the most, however. And then if you want to go a little deeper than that, in terms of like a, some, a couple of group of five schools yeah, that you want please. to play, SMU and UTSA. We touched on UTSA. Right. Sincere McCormick, their uh, star running back. They're always like a, a a better team than they get credit for. I mean, they're always really, really good. And I think if they keep winning and we see a couple more of these teams in the bottom half of the top 25 lose, they're going to move into the top 25 soon enough. At least they should. I like that. That's a good call. I'm trying to see if I can pull up their schedule. I'm just curious who they play coming up yeah i'm not sure um okay looking at something too i want to bring this up because i'm i'm curious on your thoughts another team that i really haven't watched much of but you said earlier in your top 25 rankings you don't you only have one acc team which i I believe is correct uh but nationally nc state ranked 22 you don't have them ranked so not buying it quite yet and i believe their one loss has been mississippi state which is you know not the worst loss in the world so they beat Clemson mm-hmm. in double overtime, but we also know Clemson's not that good. I mean, that that's a quality win for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, Clemson was number nine in the country at the time. I truthfully just don't think I have zero confidence in any of these ACC teams. Like, if I'm in the conferences, I, I also think the ACC's been 
very overrated over the last couple of years, too. I mean, last year, the ACC sent two teams to college football playoff, and they both got killed. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't win a single bowl game. And then last year, we didn't have any of these non-conference games to tell how good are these conferences. Uh, we saw UNC flop. We saw Miami flop. Virginia Tech just lost. I truly just don't think I, – I don't think the ACC is very good. If we're ranking conferences, I guess I'm curious. How would you rank the conferences, Jack? SEC is number one. Yeah, I got to be. And, Big Ten's got to be number two. Big Ten's number two, absolutely. And then I think I'd probably go Big 12. Big 12. Yeah, and Pac-12. then – twelve. Yeah, I think ACC is at the bottom. So then Pac and then ACC. I mean, is the I guess I would have to look at the American. Is there any chance that the American could be better than the ACC? Uh, maybe. I I mean you got ACC, Cincinnati, I still, SMU, and Houston. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you're going by the rankings aggregate, yeah, possibly. Yeah. I still think I mean I think Pittsburgh's a good team. Uh tech and and uh UNC they've been disappointing, but I mean, are they, they're still quality teams. Clemson, Miami. I think uh, I'd probably take them over the American. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm giving a lot of American slander today. I don't know. No, no, no. I'm like, looking at the American but, right now and past those three teams. Yeah, UCF, they're three and two. That's solid. But after that, I mean, East Carolina, Temple just got absolutely killed. Tulsa's two and four. Navy's one and four. Yeah. South Florida's one and four. Yeah. This is 0 and 2 in conference play. Tulane's 1 and 5. Like the American's not very good this year. Yeah. I mean they're they're good teams in the American, but yeah, it's not the top 3 in the American are better than the top 3 in the ACC. <laughs> I I do think we could say that. Yeah. Uh, but as a conference as a whole. Yeah, the MAC, I wouldn't put the MAC above uh the ACC. Yeah. Sorry Sun- Conference USA. Not quite. I know Sunbelt <laughs> Sunbelt's another one where you could say like I take the top 3 teams I might take Coastal, App State, and Louisiana over ACC's top three teams. But uh-huh. beyond that, I would not take the Sun Belt over the ACC. Yeah, I'll be very curious if if there's the ACC just looks better as a whole the second half of the season because it just looks like a, te- a bunch of teams with a lot of talent. It's just like, huh, you just kind of just keep finding these you know two lost teams that just aren't impressing and and nobody's standing out so uh yeah another, disappointing another uh if you want another like deep cut on team, nevada have you Ooh. seen nevada play at all this year i have not okay best kept secret in the country up wow until, up until now i'm sharing it <laughs> carson, out. yeah their their quarterback carson strong has the potential to really jump up the draft boards. I'm a big fan of watching him play. Nevada's four and one. He's looked fantastic in every game I've watched him play. And I think that yeah, their only loss was to Kansas State. Okay. I think Carson Strong, if you want to compare him to a prospect, yeah. It's kind of like a Zach Wilson or a Josh Allen where he's not playing at. I mean, BYU is a, a really I, I don't like when people say that. Zach Wilson came from no school like Jim McMahon, Steve Young played at BYU. BYU is, you know, very, very real opponents. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But um, 
he was a guy who kind of just jumped up the board and had a lot of raw talent. And I, I, I hate what the Jets are doing with him. I think he should be redshirting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think really? he's got a very high ceiling. Yeah, I, I, I would sit him this year. I mean, he's a, it's a bad team. Um, it's a really bad team he's on. It's not his fault. You're throwing him to like the New York media, and everyone's gonna say, "Oh, he stinks mm-hmm. right now" because they're the team's not good. Um, and then Josh Allen, you know, out of Wyoming. I think Carson Strong is a similar type prospect. Now, will he actually jump up the board? Who knows? We'll see. But keep an eye if you're watching, whether it's a late afternoon or a late at night game, if you want to put on uh, another extra game, if you got two screens, put on Nevada when you get a chance because this guy can put on a big-time show. Going to have to do that now. Thank you. Best kept secret. All right. All right. I like (laughs) it. I like it. All right. I feel like we covered everything. So if there's anything else, uh, now's your Feels, chance to bring it up. Okay. Well, I just gotta just gotta dabble in it real quick. And I know you're talking about this. I didn't catch the uh, the baseball uh, prediction yes. postseason preview show. How's yeah. it coming out for you? And then, you know, I don't know who you're rooting for personally. Uh, I know who I'm not rooting for, but I'm kind of more playing the so, anti role. Rooting against the Astros, I would think. Absolutely. Okay. And are you a Rays fan? I'm actually a, uh, a Yankees fan because okay. spring training's down there in Tampa, yeah. and uh, it's first first game I ever saw. Grandparents are Yankees fans. I wish I was a Rays fan right now. I wish I could do the Tampa sweep because, uh, well, well, not right now. Yeah. yeah, 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 not right. I, I should say in like in a macro sense, not yeah. in a uh, both season sense. I was rooting for them over the Sox, obviously. And yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was completely shocked last night like that is the most shocked i felt this year watching watching a playoff series like i thought i'm shocked that the red sox got into the postseason i'm still shocked i don't know how i'm shocked that they won the wild card game and i'm shocked that they beat they took down the tampa bay rays and they scare me man they scare me they got that postseason magic bottled up it seems i'm like oh my gosh the Rays were my, uh, they were my pick. I Understandably. Had them over the, the Giants. And I will say, and we'll, we'll talk plenty more. This will lead into our baseball episode later this week, which, by the way, I believe, I think, not, not 100% sure, but I believe our next episode, it will be me with Arrestus Destrade, formerly of Baseball Tonight at ESPN. Very cool. Did the uh, World Baseball Classic and uh the little league world series and now he does the rays games he's on the rays uh pregame and postgame show for the last uh 10 or 11 years now and i've gotten to know him a little bit he's been on a couple times we'll have him and his nephew albert destrade who played on survivor south pacific uh, <laughs> and he also played college baseball and albert's been on this show uh a number of times now so the three of us should be getting together. So we'll we'll dive deeper into this, but I was genuinely shocked. I feel like that's one of the great things about postseason baseball is you just can't predict how these things happen. It's such a great sport. The right. Giants on the other side, I picked them to go to the World Series when these playoffs started. I had them finishing dead last of the NL West. Yeah, everyone did. Absolutely. And just one of those, you know, it's just like they just – they just know how to play baseball out in San Fran. You know, they know 
just the the combinations. It doesn't always have to be flashy. They just know how to get wins and collect them. So a lot of respect to the Giants. Uh, I kind of I'm rooting for the NL team to win it all at this point. Whoever it's going to be. I want to see a big time home run from a National League pitcher before we say oh. farewell to the DH or farewell to the pitcher. Because I like gonna, the pitchers hitting. I, I do too. Yeah, nice. I agree. I think I we agree. talked about this actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we agreed on that. I'm an NL baseball fan. I I want. I mi- I'm gonna miss it. Like we've preserved National League baseball. It's the original version. I feel like we're in the minority. I feel like everyone I talk with uh, is excited for the DH. I don't you know? know. I mean, we're probably in the minority in our age demographic, but maybe that's it. We're like more kind of old souls, like classic kind of guys. But I mean, a yeah. lot of older folks, they're not pumped about it either right? it's, it's it's a conversation for another time it's right time but here but but i would love to see a couple of big hits from these pitchers in this postseason uh to say it's be a good way to say farewell to pitchers hitting love it well i'm gonna have to check out the baseball shows coming up from you it's, it sounds great um i just if you don't mind me asking real i have oh, to ask what, yeah my wife, we have not started the new Survivor season yet, and she really wants to watch it. So, are you just are you liking it so far? And then, is Heroes versus Villains your favorite Survivor season of all time? Which I feel like a lot of people I've talked with, it is their favorite one. Okay, so first part of your question, I haven't watched yet. Actually. Oh, you haven't watched it yet? Oh, okay. I just, okay. I truthfully have not watched any reality shows this year. Um, I, I haven't had as much time, but I also feel like reality TV is starting to decline in quality. Huh. Um, so I haven't, it's just not a priority for me anymore. Gotcha. I think the shows are kind of taking themselves a little too seriously. Um, they're kind of getting into like social issues, but also like, um, like they're just not as much fun. And like they, you know, Survivor's big on like twists now, like mm-hmm. everything's about like, mm-hmm. like I've been hearing a lot of people are like, well, the star of the show is like the twist. It's not even the people they bring on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I haven't prioritized it. I'm sure I'll binge it at some point. Um, to answer your question about heroes versus villains, I'm actually rewatching it now for the first oh, time since it aired. Nice. And I'm honestly not a big heroes versus villains fan. I actually really? have it in the bottom half of my survivor seasons. And the reason wow. why is I don't, I don't really think of re- like, all-star seasons of survivor or like exhibition games like you have in baseball like you know it's not it doesn't count it doesn't mean anything and what happens is like on heroes versus villains stephanie had no shot whatsoever i remember that she just she was great at the game before she didn't know any of the people that were out there and a bunch of them lived in la and were friends with each other uh they voted her out and it's like that's not real survivor to me and i hate like how then what ends up happening is like the people who do well on the all-star seasons, everyone kind of remembers that, but typically the, the people who do well on all-star seasons are people who either should not have been there or were, uh, they didn't, the thing is they didn't have the same kind of target. So they enter into like this all-star season, all the people who had like a lower threat level, they end up doing extremely well. And the people who are like the true legends of the show, Stephanie, Tom, Boston Rob's another one on Heroes versus Villains. Colby didn't have a real great time on there. They're all taken out early. Um, Suri is another one. Oh, I and love Suri. Like they're all take. There's nothing they can do because they're basically just being penalized for being great at the game. Um, and that's the problem. It's like if you were to just 
play baseball and all of a sudden you can vote teams out for being good at the game. Like, oh yeah, we'll just vote out uh no more no more rays anymore. We're just voting <laughs> them out. Like there's no way that they can save themselves and compete. That makes sense. And I remember if I remember correctly from that season, it didn't it just follow the uh the Russell Hans first yeah. season. So really not a lot of them knew about Russell, I think. Well, no one no one had seen Russell play. Right. So, so he kind of had that total advantage of playing his game and being unknown. Huge advantage. They gave him a free idol. Like the JT gives him an idol. Oh, like, that is a legendary moment. I can't like, I can just give this guy an idol and he'll help me. And it's like, if they'd seen Russell Hans play survivor, he'd be True. voted out first as he was on the next season that he played. Right. He's voted out third uh, in that season. So, yeah. 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 Okay. I think that's good rationale. Then. Good rationale. All right. Are you a fan of you big heroes versus villains guy? I've only seen it once. I remember a long time ago. Uh, and I remember enjoying it because it's just, the character, you know, some of the best castmates ever. But I do remember I was frustrated because, yeah, Stephanie went out early, and uh, uh, I kind of like both sides in terms of like some of the villain. Like I, I enjoyed Russell. I, I liked him as a villain for sure. But I do agree that he definitely had a, a massive advantage in that. Uh, big Tom guy for sure. So, but I, I you know, Parvati totally or Parvati totally. Well, yeah, uh, that's another one. Parvati, she was on Cook Islands and like. She was a total non-entity. And then she comes on to Micronesia and she would have been the first person voted out uh-huh. if Johnny Fairplay didn't quit. Johnny Fairplay told me that. He's like, yeah, we were going to vote out Parvati. He's like, I quit. I think I've heard that. Yeah, I think I remember hearing something about that from Johnny Fairplay. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, and then they go on Heroes versus Villains and Russell and Parvati would have been the first people voted out if it were for an immunity idol. I don't think I don't like the hidden idols either because I think like it, you shouldn't be rewarded for people wanting to vote you out. Like that's that survivor to me. Mm, Interesting. Um, I like kind of like the, the origin of the idols of like, you kind of have an opportunity to potentially, you know, save yourself type Mm -hmm. thing. But the way that it gets played was so fluky where Tyson changes his vote. Like really Parvati and Russell should have been voted out early in that season. And then they escaped from that. But again, that wouldn't have happened had no one, if they had seen Russell's season, it's like, yeah, Russell's got no shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were, oh. I, I totally agree with that. Was was Amanda in that season yeah. with the villains too? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because it was those three. Amanda right? was on the heroes. No, it was, uh, oh, she was on the heroes. Yeah. Okay, Danielle right. DiLorenzo was the, she was the other villain. Okay. And then, uh, I don't know, you know, is it spoiler great, after all this time? But isn't it, isn't it Miss uh, Sandra, right? Sandra. Sandra, yeah. No, I think that the thing with Heroes versus Villains, I would say, is the cast is phenomenal. Like, they yeah. brought, there are some Just people you could argue, like, why are they there? Maybe they're not really, like, a big hero or a big villain. But the cast they got was, was for the most part, very, very good. And I think yeah. the first, aside from the Stephanie boot, because the problem, the you know, where obviously I'm biased because I know Stephanie now and she's great and she's an awesome person. But like that episode is uncomfortable to watch and it's uncomfortable for a number of reasons because James <laughs> is just absolutely destroying her and she's like at the brink of tears. Like she just seems wrecked. He's being very, very malicious. And James. It's, it's horrible for James to watch because James is so ashamed of what happened. Like, he mm. apologized to her after the season and it Like, it's just an ugly episode. But aside from that episode, the first five episodes of Heroes vs. Villains, I think, are 
very strong. Like I think they're good. Um, and then once you lose Tyson, once you lose Boston Rob, and it becomes the Russell show, there's not a lot really going on. It's kind of boring, and it's just Russell going, "I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest." <laughs> like you know, Russell, you did he did play the game well in some capacities, but. You're never gonna win this show if you can't, if people are mad at you. you got that was always the. So. That's right. That's was always the the crux. He's the greatest maybe at getting to the end, but not the greatest <laughs> at winning it. So maybe there's a reason. Maybe they want to keep him there to the end because he's not going. People don't like him. You know. Maybe it's funny when it comes to Survivor fans because um, when it comes to villains to root for, I haven't met too many people that like both Boston Rob and Russell. It seems to be an either or kind of situation where you know that's their favorite villain and you know boston rob's probably the most popular guy to come from survivor and and favorite but uh i haven't met a lot of people that love boston rob that like russell a lot of them don't like it and vice versa there are a couple of us that like russell and i'll tell you why rob's okay because boston rob basically played the same game that russell played on survivor all-stars a little more charisma he didn't. He didn't win because he was a he was a jerk to people. Oh, he I didn't deserve to win. So then Russell, if you saw Rob play that game, you're like, yeah, you can't you can't win Survivor that way. Even if you <laughs> control the vote and you're in power, if people don't like you or respect you, like that's the goal. Is you got to get the jury vote. You, that's what yeah. the game is. Yeah. And so Russell comes on, and I actually enjoyed him on Samoa. I thought it was kind of like he brought a lot of life to the show. He's a good villain. Um, he was doing a lot of things that hadn't been done before. He's a big character. He was fun to root against, I think. But then yeah. at Heroes versus Villains, it was like you got this guy. He's doing the same thing. He it's not a way that you win Survivor. And then when he didn't win, he started up like he rounded up these internet fans. They actually came after Mario Lanza, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, and he was like getting all these people like, yeah, we got to kick this Mario guy off the internet because he wrote negative things about Russell. And Uh, it was like, he started up a website. It was called Russell Got Screwed. And so he just like, you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff about it's like being a gracious loser. He kept saying, oh, Sandra didn't deserve to win and Natalie didn't deserve to win. I deserve to win. Just can't let it go. Like that... So people saw Rob play a similar game on all stars and Rob lost. And it became clear, like you can't win the game that way. Right. And then when, um, but the thing with Rob is like, he didn't, he didn't slam Amber. He married her. You yeah. know? Like, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's good stuff, man. Now you're making me want to watch some of the past seasons again. I'm in the, I'll tell you how you can do that. Stuff. Go to jackvita.com slash paramount plus and get a free one week trial through my link and every time you do that this show is funded so no way yeah shout out okay awesome yes i'll be spreading the word and you can uh you can watch survivor you can watch big brother you can watch uh amazing race the real world the challenge and then there are a bunch of other great shows i've been watching uh rocket power and the amanda show on the, oh like, the classics old yeah. nickelodeon shows so. i remember you the, the bringing the dancing lobsters guy yeah that's <laughs> jack love it yes sir that's correct all right jack this was an absolute blast today so how can people find you uh you want them to follow you on social media yeah, that's great. Twitter is my go-to. Jack Keenan News. Uh, you know, especially if you're around Fort Wayne or Indiana, you know, a lot of uh, our show content, just fun stuff, good vibes. 
um, anytime you reach out to me, DM me, whatever you want to do. I'm kind of a, I'm not as great with the social media guruing. I just love to talk and chat and, uh, talk all things sports and life. So Jack, I just can't thank you enough for letting me, uh, uh, chat with you for a couple of hours. It, it was an absolute blast, man. This was a lot of fun. I hope the, li- I'm sure the listeners enjoyed it. And I'm so glad that God brought us into each other's paths this way. And now we're doing a podcast several months later. This is awesome. Amen, man. All thanks to you. And uh, for everyone listening, thanks so much. It's really, really cool. Jack is the man. Keep uh, keep supporting him. I will be. I can't wait to listen to the, the MLB wrap-ups and then uh, hear you talk about Tennessee when they crack the top 25 in a couple <laughs> of weeks. All right, Jack? Right. That's right. All right. So um, thanks to Jack for today's episode of the show. Lots of fun. If you guys like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to the Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, wherever it is that you are listening to podcasts and follow along on at Jack Vita Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And then finally, you can uh, go to my website, jackvita.com, get on my email list, and whenever I create new content, whether I write something or podcast something or create some kind of video, who knows, it'll go right to your inbox. So make sure you guys are subscribed. And until our next couple of episodes, I'll be talking with, again, next couple episodes, I'll be talking baseball with Albert and Arrestus Estrade, and then talking football on uh, Sunday night with Garrett Powell from the Bachelorette franchise. Make sure you guys are subscribed. And until then, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs>